If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. But Ian, what what YouTubers the worst? Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, June sixteenth, the last week of spring, two thousand twenty. That's Ian Ferguson. Did we spend all I'm of spring country. indoors? I think we did. Well, you know, I I go out to spring. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, March twenty second is when spring starts, right? Or twenty first, twenty second, yeah. On the show today, we'll be talking about the PS5 reveal. Oh, ray tracing. We're talking about Nintendo Jump Rope Challenge. Star the worst voice. Star Wars Squadron. Don't don't tell me that. You know, always do it. Ah, talk about a 97-year-old Uncle Jimmy with tons of baseball cards in the Jimmy attic. Jam. Maybe a million-dollar NWC gold if we get there. Scumbag seller Q&A. Ian, how was your weekend? Oh, first off, we, we got T-shirts. We got wares. We got... Guidebooks, we got a not for resale, not for resale uh, documentary on ultimatenintendo.com and the CU podcast enamel pin. We're, we're edging up to 50% of the stock gone. We're getting closer, Ian, on the pins. Nice. Closer. It's probably, we're, we're probably like, we have probably, you know, we probably sold like 40% of them. But we're getting there. Remember, we saw all of them. The podcast is done. That's right. So buy them all at old. Buy, <laughs> buy, 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 buy many. Now. Buy deeply. Buy fast. <laughs> buy deeply. Wow. I mean, geez. dig deep into the pockets. Uh, hair update. I think we're at week eighteen at this point. All the weeks are just blending together on the hair. And um, I, I think my hair salon is opening soon. I, I, I think. I think because there are some open. So I should check while we talk. And if that's the case, I'm going for. I'm going for a haircut lickety split, as the old expression is. I might just for use haircut. something we got in the the mail for a future promotion to just zip it all up. No, I don't think that's the proper use of it, Ian. We don't want to get, on the, get off on the wrong foot with our potential new sponsor here. <laughs> it might be. It might, it might um, work just fine. No, mine's still temporary, clo- temporarily closed. I'm going to give her a call. It's because they're smart. Cases are rising everywhere. Well, of course. Of course. Frank Frank got back uh, from from Arizona. And then um, I talked to him, and he's like, "Yeah, we got, you know, we, we stopped at a Danny's and got some food." Him and his friend, I'm like, you know, that's like the the biggest risk probably going into a restaurant out of everything going on. And he said, "Well, they were taking precautions. They only had certain seats you can go in. You, you waited outside for a table, and then they really cleaned, disinfected." I was like, "I don't care. I don't care. Well, if someone touches your fork by accident, what are they, I guess they're they must be they cannot be using real silverware at this point at restaurants. They have to be giving out the plastic." forks in like the little baggie i guess to people they have to be doing that i would imagine they, they can't take the risk of a waiter touching something or you know the, the liability but yeah i yeah we don't have the restaurants open here yet right uh or only certain outdoor ones no certain certain restaurants are allowed to be at 50 percent. i'm pretty sure uh 
Uh, I drove by the Red Lobster the other day. The Red Lobster? That's yeah, how the gauge is. What's Red Lobster doing? I Red Lobster is like, the out of all the restaurants you. I've ever said I, I hate and I won't eat at, I would eat at the shittiest buffet before I ever ate at a Red Lobster. And that'll be the last thing that reopens. But I hear Golden Corral reopen, but they don't let you get your own food. They Gross. dish out your own food. Gross. Anyways, um, the Red Lobster. No, the Golden said, Corral is fucking awful. I told you about the experience with Norman J. dragging me to yes, one. in your gray ham. And, my great ham, yes, and I and I fucking, I, I I bit my tongue, which tasted better than that ham, and then even Jay afterwards said, uh, "Yeah, it wasn't that good." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, thanks, Jay. Thanks for thanks for wasting one of my precious uh, convention meals on Golden Corral. It's fucking terrible." Um, but yes, the uh, the Red Lobster <laughs> so is open for dining and takeout. Well, well, you had that video that one of those viral videos was was I think a Red Lobster takeout for Memorial Day. Oh yeah, one of the videos where people were just being assholes and wanted to come in without a you know mask on, and people were like, "What are you doing?" And that was just takeout, and they like five people had to force the woman to get the hell away because like, well, wait was here, angry because she had to wait for three hours. Here's a fucking idea: don't order Red Lobster on whatever it was Mother's Day during a pandemic. was it Mother's Day? Yeah, it was yeah maybe maybe it was, no, it was Mother's Day. Maybe was... you cancel your order after an hour and just buy from somewhere else. I don't know. Mother's yeah. Day and Easter are two stereotypically miserable days in the restaurant industry. It was one of those two. There's a, there's something I learned. Uh, there's a, a term I, I kind of we kind of knew what it was, but we didn't have a, a, a name termite? for it. A term, not a termite. I don't have termites. This place was tented before I got it. Um, there's they a term you? for when you when you don't know how to cut your losses, like when it comes to maybe ordering food and not being delivered or mm-hmm. starting up. Uh, a new uh, game console company not knowing that when it's a bad idea we're all going to lose millions of dollars I don't, I'm not talking about any particular one but it's called the sunk cost fallacy mm-hmm. and it's it's when like for example Ian like um, you you buy a ticket to a concert say it's like 50 bucks but then you figure out like there's going to be tons of traffic and it's going to take me three hours to get there but I already spent the 50 bucks so I'm going to waste you know tons of my time and go through hell to get there right yes versus just cutting your loss and say this is this is not a good idea. Let's not do it. Yes. Or- thinking, thinking that further um, further problems or inconvenience or issues are worth what you've already put into it. Because you're afraid, I'm going to lose this and feel bad. It's like if you, when you order, like everyone's ordered a meal or bad food. I'm like, oh, this is awful. But you keep eating it and you finish it. Like it's, it's sort of the, one, one of those sorts of things. It's throwing good money after bad is the term. In terms of your time, effort, or more money. So, um, yeah. So... What was I going to say? Best? Yeah, Red Lobster's not worth the effort. That's what I'm trying to say. Get the food from somewhere else. Anyway. Um, Red so, Lobster's absolutely never worth it. Reminder, I'm on Cameo now. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. And all proceeds, net proceeds uh, for the month of June are going to go towards the American Civil Liberties Union. I did my first first engagement. Did you? I engaged to a man for someone. Oh, Wow. I was nervous. I didn't hear back. I don't know if it was uh, good or bad or if it happened yet. I did not hear back from that yet. I redid that one about five times to make sure it was like, all right, this is going to be remembered forever, potentially, good or bad. So let's make sure I nail it. Honestly, and I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way, uh, whether it was good or bad, I'm fairly certain someone having someone else propose to them for them would be memorable. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think that's going to be forgotten. You're not saying it's good or bad. It's just it's memorable. Well, yeah. you know, you know, if, if you if you can get a if you, when you go on cameo, there's some surprise faces you see there. There's some big actors, small Dennis Robbins on there for seven hundred bucks on there. 
and uh, he did a couple. I see because you can see you can you can have him public or not. You can have the choice when you get a cameo. Whether how or not. much do you charge, Patrick? Uh, I don't want to say. It. People complain. It's uh, it's twenty five dollars. Fine. Which I which I, which they take twenty five percent cameo. So, they, right. so I'm gonna go on there and I'm gonna undercut you hugely. You I'm can gonna, do it. I'm gonna do it for like five bucks. <laughs> oh, I can't wait because you're gonna get inundated, Ian. Please, please do that. No, you'll be doing a hundred. Hey, you make money. You'll be doing like a hundred. I saw one for five dollars because you can just go through, and it, it was um, it was a random like hockey player for like a small town t- local team he was doing for like five bucks but he had like a hundred a hundred reviews so people were hiring him to do this but th- what are you gonna get for five bucks so, hey what's going on <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's miraculous you know how much shit i'm gonna get for for that for saying how much the cameo is the, i don't know what YouTubers? what's usual with a cameo i don't know either i was I, just I, curious I, that's uh, why i'm asking i based mine off of Tezande chocolate rain i think it was charged like 50 or 60 i said well i'm not Tezande. no you are so, not Tezande. <laughs> so i was like I got, I got if you had the pipes of Tezande, we Chocolate would... Chocolate rain. Man, he's, he's got a voice. Wow, that was YouTube 1.0. Was that 2008, 2007? That was, like, that was a long time ago, Chocolate Rain. Lyrics to that song are sad, man. It's about, yes. It's a sad song. Some feeling in that song. I kind of want to listen to it again. No, I When's haven't, the last time you, you, you really haven't listened, listened to Chocolate, to Chocolate Rain. Rain in a while? It's probably, with everything going on, it's probably some, you know, there's some lyrics that are probably ring true today in there. Oh, yeah. Chocolate Rain. Anyway. Okay. Um, in the, the PlayStation 5, the fifth PlayStation console was revealed. There was a hardware reveal video, and there was a software, like, hour The 15. fifth PlayStation 5. The fifth PlayStation. The way you said that made me think of that line in um, uh, Mallrats. Second suitor. Suitor number two. I'd like to be second suitor. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen Mallrats in a while. Wow. Um, So there were games announced for the PlayStation 5. I did not watch this live, but I followed along with it while I was at work. You read along in your book? And uh, yes, read along (laughs) in my books. Turn the page. Um, And I was actually somewhat impressed uh with what they announced only because there were things that i actually wanted to play that they announced nothing that i think that's going to make me rush out and buy a playstation 5 immediately um but a really strong lineup of games i think that's coming out uh with i don't know i think this is all supposed to be within its first year so um i'm gonna run down there's a good list here from uh, it's actually a GameSpot article, and I'll, I'll run down. So the first thing that was was announced was actually I, I, I sighed, and so did everyone else. And I think um, I was a little worried about things to come because they announced Grand Theft Auto V. Announced it, yes. Yes, announced it. It's, it's getting a port to the PlayStation 5. Grand Theft Auto V has now been on uh, three. Uh, it'll have been on three Sony systems and three four and now five and likely three microsoft systems yes um i know people love the game i know the online mode is apparently you know where everyone plays now but to lead off your games <laughs> was that the lead one that I, from what i understand that was the lead yes i didn't put a video down i'm gonna put the put the video down I think that's what they led with. If not, it was very, very early on. So people were probably like, holy shit, it's GTA 6. And they were like, great, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5. <laughs> so, I mean, whatever. Um, a big one 
Uh, well, it's going to have new features, whatever the hell that means. Right, great. New cars and... I think they said they're working on a 6. Let's see. I don't know. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, the, the new version will feature enhancements and will be expanded. It's coming in 2021 with well, GTA Online free to all PS5 GTA owners. 5 came out seven years ago already. Seven fucking I, I'm, years. I'm actually amazed that this is not a launch... <laughs> A launch title for, for the system. Oh, it's not a launch one? No, it's coming out in 2021. The PlayStation 5 comes out this year. Seven years it's been. Like, I know it takes a long time to make these games, but with GTA Online basically taking over, like, there's no reason for Rockstar to invest in a, in a GTA, you know, GTA 6. They are, obviously. They're probably developing it. So I'm not uh, seeing but, it here. I think there was something that said it's in development and they didn't say anything Yeah, else. the game is... The, a GTA game takes like four years to make, minimum. It, there, there was a lot that goes into the GTA games, obviously. So uh, another one was um, Sony's already got a sequel to <clears throat> their... Um, big Spider-Man game that came out that was uh, Spider-Man fairly universally loved from what I could tell I got it yeah Here, you I, haven't played, I played it. it yet but I got it um, with my PS4 <laughs> I have interest in it I just I, I it was one of those games I said I'll grab it when it's on sale I haven't had time to get around to it yet uh, but they announced a new one, and the big deal is um, you're going to be playing as Miles Morales, which is awesome. He's not just in the game. He's going to be uh, the main character. And it's a full game. Yep, full game. It's it's the, the sequel. Um, and the exciting thing about this one is it's actually looking to release during the holiday season, so it should be out this year. Wow, that's yeah. a that's a that's quick a, turnaround. That's a pretty big drop for them. Because the last one came out, what, September 2018. It's less than two years. Yeah. They already got a new one. Wow, so, it must have went fast forward into development. I'm sure they probably used a very similar engine and sure. just you know set. Not, I'm not saying set this the is lazy graphic slider. Yeah, up. set the sliders to, to max. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ray, and ray sure, tracing checkbox. I know there's more to it than that, but that's you know. But I, the engine's done. I, I have a feeling it's very much going to be the same. Same engine. combat engine. They didn't probably. scratch an engine in two years. Yeah. Um, Gran Turismo Seven is coming out. Great. That, that look, the cars look realistic. I mean, they look beautiful. Someone made the joke online that I make every time a Gran Turismo comes out. Um, I think it was Mike Drucker, who's actually uh, a funny guy. Uh, How's he funny, huh? Like a comedian? Like a yeah, clown? Yeah, it's funny? He's funny. Um, huh? But he was like, oh, a new Gran Turismo that I can buy, put two hours into, realize it's far too complex, yes. and never play again. That's yes. what I have done. I did it with Gran Turismo 3. I did it with Gran Turismo 4. I did it with my friend's copy of Gran Turismo 5. I just, I, I can't fucking play them. So I did learn after three of them to stop buying them, but yeah. it took me three. Yeah. I, like, I remember playing... Was it the first, or was it was GTA 2 on PS1? And then I, I remember playing at college. Yeah, it must have been, yeah, because PS2 wasn't out my first couple years of college. That's how old I am. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you could uh, shift the, the torque suspension on the, each tire. And I'm like, oh, this is way too much for me. i got to be a mechanic in order to fine-tune my car. Like this, I, I understand there's gearheads that like that. That's way too much for me. Yeah, it's... You know? But it's I, great. If you're, into, if you're into it, that's great. I don't know a lot about cars, but I like I like racing games a lot. And every time I see Gran Turismo and I see one of those really nicely cut trailers with all the fucking candy colored cars and their sexy curves, yeah. I go, I want I want part of that. And then I go and I buy it and I get no part of that because to get what you see, you you have to actually be good at it. Yeah, it's and then just, when you actually drive the cars, if I like they drive as probably as realistic as you can get one of these games in terms of how you drive these cars. 
Like, you feel like, yes, I could go out of control any second. This is not an arcade racing game. No. <laughs> you have to really know how to drive a car to be somewhat successful. A new Ratchet and Clank was announced. Oh, uh, cool. The games have always been interesting to me, but I don't have a lot of experience with them outside of the first one, um, which I very much enjoyed. I thought it was a great game. Uh, they introduced a female Lomax, Lombax, whatever uh, the Ratchet or Clank is. I don't know. Uh, Robot? And- no, it's the 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 ferret looking guy cat thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, apparently, at least according to my Twitter timeline, and it might tell you a thing or two about the type of people I follow, I'm but just, uh, all everyone's uh, in love with it, and uh, it, uh, apparently there's a lot of porn of it already. Okay, that's good. So within like that's, three days, that's where we're at. That's great. That's I want to see. I want to see fuzzy genitals. That's <sighs> Project um, Athea, Square Enix, Luminous Productions. I don't know. Werewolf-like creatures. I think I skipped that one. I, I I skipped over some of these. Oh, that was the one that had, like, no gameplay. It's like, great. I I don't, like... Show me gameplay in these trailers. Stray. Ow. <laughs> Annapurna Interactive Stop. revealed a robot-focused game called Stray set in a world where humans have died off. Wow, how original. Um, Cats, however, are still in abundance. <laughs> and the robots appeared... Wait a minute, is this cats running around? That sounds great. So... I think <laughs> I, I missed that one. So, oh, I can't believe you missed it. That's the what best. That? That's that one looks great. So basically, I remember seeing like three years ago a. I don't know if it was Annapurna themselves or if it was like a, one of the actual early developers of this, but they released like a proof of concept of it that showed this cat with a backpack sneaking around all these little cute robots. Okay. Um, and I remember like three weeks ago laying in bed being like I wonder whatever happened to that cute cat game in the future with the robots and they showed it and I'm this one I'm actually excited to check out and play um I don't know what kind of game it will be but I will play whatever the experience is oh there's a link for each one right there that goes into it yep okay Stray brings cyberpunk robots and cats to PS5 that's adorable and of course there's a 15 second game spot ad that runs embedded in their player Right. Okay. Um, Oddworld looked amazing to me. Sure. Just, just how it was like you're watching like a movie. Mm-hmm. And and I know that, you say that before, but it, it looked incredible. That's where I was like, wow, this. They're really. Well, the art design makes sense for a game like that to use, you know, updated graphics and the ray tracing. So it looked really nice. Okay, here's the cat game I'm looking at right now. Okay, so it's it's stylized future. Yep. But the kitty cats are real cats. Mm-hmm. And they got backpacks. Do you play backpacks. as a cat? Yeah, you play as a cat. But it's but it's a real cat. It's not like a human cat. Oh, it's a cat. You jump around with the backpack. It's adorable. Oh my god, I'm getting a PS5 just for this game. Yeah, they won. They won. They won. Is this a, is that an exclusive? <sighs> I knew that was going to do it for you. Uh, we don't know yet because not all of these are exclusive. We have to no, say no, that. No. no, not nearly all of these are exclusive. Obviously, a game like uh, Gran Turismo or, or uh, Spider Man will be. Um, Returnal will be an exclusive. I'm actually looking forward to that one. I don't know a whole lot about the game, but it's by Housemark, and they've done a lot of really good arcade-type games for um, Sony in the past that I've really enjoyed, uh, like Super Stardust HD, etc. Resogun. Uh, Destruction All-Stars I don't know anything about. Same with Kenna Bridge of Spirits. That looked weird. Destruction All-Stars looked like... Just like a broy type of racing destruction game, and like just over the top, looked like sort of the same tone as Rocket League, kind of, but it's destruction derby and racing stuff. I was like, that's destructible not for me. vehicles as well as on um, foot characters. I love demolition derby stuff, but I'd have to see it. 
I, that one I did, like I said, unfortunately it, I didn't get to really take a look at. What about Sackboy? Uh, I, I will... Oh, I, ever since uh, Little Big Planet left Media Molecule and went to um, Sumo Digital, um, I've liked it slightly less, but I still like it. So I will definitely check out a new Sackboy game. I mean, I, I did play some uh, uh, Little Big Planet with them, or, or, or the sociopath we used to know. Um our friend and, and you know what I'm talking about he had it and when I played I was like this is an enjoyable you know the gameplay um, mechanics are great swinging around oh and, sure yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Right. No, yeah. yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and that was nice I just wasn't drawn into the world aesthetic that much and it, sure. didn't, it didn't tie together to me as much as obviously something like a Mario game because it's Nintendo but I understand people like the Sackboy yeah, I'm not putting it down. It just it didn't. It doesn't grab me the same way. It doesn't grab me in the sack the same way. There. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else we got. Odd I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and just see if there was any other huge ones that that grabbed me. Otherwise, we'll be here forever. Hitman Three. Don't care about Hitman. Little Devil Inside looked great. I thought that looked very interesting. Um, it was a strange looking uh, exploration combat game. Um, I just I very much liked the art style. Bug Snacks looked interesting. Wait, wait, oh, hold on. We got to just read the NBA 2K21 description on GameSpot. NBA 2K21 got its first <laughs> teaser. The in-game fo- footage, in-engine footage, featured impressive sweat effects on players with individual beads clearly, clearly dripping down their faces. The game will arrive this fall, likely alongside the system itself. Okay. You know you're getting to the sort of the final frontier of sports games when the biggest reveal is, oh my god, I, I can see Zion's sweat beads falling off his face. Like, when you're playing the sports games, I'm sure that's impressive, but you're not going to be that zoomed in on someone to really notice. I just think that's funny to me. Sure. That's funny. Um, Demon Souls is getting a remake. Uh, on one hand, I'm happy. I really liked Demon Souls. It was the first game, I guess, and you know, it was the game that came before the Dark Souls trilogy. Um, I liked that one. It looked really nice on PlayStation 5. Um, I liked the style they went with. Uh, but at the same point in time, man, just if they could do anything besides like a Souls game or Souls-style game from software, that would make me really happy. They have other franchises. I've, I've I sound like a broken record at this point, but I've been asking for Armored Core 6 for what feels like fucking five or six years now. Just give me a goddamn sequel. Okay. You have other shit to make. Wow, it's like your UT. So I've been waiting 16 years. Uh, Resident Evil Village. Oh, years. Uh, Resident Evil Village. Okay. Um, I, I liked it because it was obviously very atmospheric. They didn't do the reveal till the end. Get it? V I L is eight. And um, it, according to this, it's going to be first person, um, which I don't mind. I don't have a preference for. I mean, obviously, I haven't played a lot of Resident Evil games. I played through four because that's an excellent game uh, on, on, the, on the Wii. And uh, but I like the fact that it looks like four in terms of the creepy village stuff. I, I like that a lot versus just oh, sure. it's a rundown city. It's like okay, um, there are werewolves. So there was another game you said that werewolves. This is the, the year of the werewolf. I guess we're done with zombies. We're now going on to werewolves. We're finally sick of zombies. <laughs> I guess. And Chris Redfield comes back at the end. Uh, I guess he, I don't know which one. Well, he was in what five? Which ones was he? I always forget which ones he was in. He's in like most of them. He's in most of them. Yeah. He's not. He wasn't in four. No, he's Liam was in four. Was he? He was in the one where they go to Africa, right? 
He was in five. He was in six. He was in seven. What the hell was seven? Wow. I was, was seven the first person? Seven's one as well? the uh, first person one before this. I got to catch up. Was seven good? Did you play seven? I need to. Oh, anyway, so that looked good. And then he comes back and he shoots someone. And another character says, "Why did you shoot him?" It's like, well, this is this is how we do these grim porn games. You know, misery porn games. We just sh- shoot people for no reason. I guess I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> real quick, Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West. Uh, I like the original. Seeing Horizon Forbidden West actually made me want to go and back and restart Horizon Zero Dawn because I never finished it and you know what it was a fun game with neat combat and I very much combat. should go back and uh, play it um, it's the all the animals are like robots and okay. the, com- the combat involves a lot of like stealth and hunting you can set traps and stuff oh. like that it's Wh- very unique which was the game that looked like the PS5 version of Death Stranding with the uh, female protagonist which one was that because that one, the only, I don't know. The only way that one stood out to me, the reason it did, is because it really, you got close-ups of, of the face, and you really could see like the different light textures, and it looked as realistic as, as I've ever seen of a, you know, a, a video game character face looking like a human. I was like, okay, now that's impressive. Now, now that's impressive to me. And she had a little backpack, like not exactly Death Stranding, but it was, it was, it, it was a parallel to me uh, when I saw that. Uh, let's see. Where was that? What game was that? So click on Forbidden West and see if it was that one. No, it was not that one. Oh, okay. Because in that, uh, this, it, this, it wasn't like bows and arrows and stuff. It was a. Uh, oh. oh my God, uh, Gamespot! How many ads are you putting in in your your video on YouTube here? I'm just trying to get through here. Anyway, <clears throat> so we definitely went out, went you know, uh, blew past. Excuse me, Jeez Louise. Some titles. Um, there was a little robot game with the little robot guys I had from on PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would mention is that there are going to be two units, two different uh, versions of the PlayStation 5 uh, at launch, which I predicted, but I predicted in a different wow. way. So I am wrong. Well, how, well, how did you originally predict it? I figured there would be a... I was hoping for a version that had backwards compatibility that would cost more and a version that admitted backwards compatibility that would cost less. Really? Um, in terms of like further back than the PS4. Like in terms of PS3 and stuff like that. Um, but there is going to be a version that is digital only and a version that uh, has a Blu-ray disc drive. So Microsoft did this uh, with the Xbox One. There is a version that you can buy that is digital only. Which I can't remember if that was the one that you could buy or if it was like you leased it like through a plan or something. Um Xbox digital only system? Yeah, Xbox. What do you mean leasing it? Well, there was there was a digital only there's a digital only Xbox One. Uh-huh. And I some place was doing I thought like some sort of like plan where like you could get the unit for super cheap but you had to like sign up oh. to Xbox Live oh, yeah, for you can X bu- number of You years. can buy it though. Yeah. yeah. Um honestly with how many digital games I purchase on my PlayStation 4. You ready to cut the Cut the cut the disc. There are systems like I know people are like very very against it, but um, there are systems that I still buy physical for. I buy physical very often for my Switch. My Switch, if if it's a big release, um, with the exceptions of Animal Crossing and Clubhouse games, um, I have all those big releases physically. Uh, but on the PlayStation 4, I stopped caring. The amount of money you get back when you sell a game is so small that it never really felt particularly worth it. I got you, Ian. I got you, the all-digital people. Yeah. 
And it's you don't just, want you don't want to easy. It's you don't convenient. want to trade pad a game easily. You hand me the game. You don't want to do. I'm that. not saying that physical doesn't come with loads of benefits. It does, but with a, something like the the PlayStation Four, I already play PC games all the time. There hasn't been a physical game base for PC in like forever. It, it's I, I I've just started looking at my PlayStation Four like a PC, and honestly, I it dep- if the price difference is enough, I may go with the digital only PS Five. There, I said it. Wow. Ian, I'm, I'm shocked. Well, we we don't know what the price is, is yet of the console or if there's going to be a significant price difference between the two. I'm guessing it won't be significant. It'll probably be 20 bucks or 25 or whatever. I don't know. Between the two versions. Huh? Oh, I would imagine 100 It's the difference of a drive or no drive. Disk drives don't cost anything, Ian, really. They cost like 20 30 bucks at most. I don't see why they would Blu-ray make two drive. versions if they were only going to offer a $25 price difference. I would say that there has to be at least a $50 to $100 well, price difference for it to make them if I'm make any sense. Sense to even create it? Because they're making more money on digital sales and physical through their store. Obviously, Sony's making a lot more money on any of their games that are, are being sold in their digital store. So I would... You're right. It's It's... Yeah, you're right, because then they can jack the price, price lower up. either way. Oh, look, the digital one is 50 bucks less, but they realize in the long run they're making so much money on digital sales of games to to encourage that. I mean, drives are cheap, but you've got to look at it as they're offering these people who don't want to let go of convenience. They can charge They can charge more that. through yeah. the nose. I don't think they're going to charge 100 more. That'd be that'd be through the nose. Maybe 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 That would be ridiculous. We don't know what it's going to cost. We don't know about... Did they mention anything about backwards? compatibility at all uh ps4 is backwards compatible i think fully um but they have not mentioned anything further than that so ps5 they haven't said anything yet no just ps5 is going to have some back at least some sort of ps4 backwards compatibility i would think it would make sense to make it completely backwards compatible with the ps4 i think that was shot down but oh no complete back ps4 yes i'm talking about further than oh further but they haven't said yet no damn get that ps3 Get that first that first gen PS3. I got one of the swap feet to to get that out of the way. You know, that's interesting because I think if you look at what Xbox is offering, Xbox, in order to compete, they're not going to have all these. You know, I think all these exclusives compared to compared to Sony, they got to offer total backwards compatibility and with all their with all their uh, Xbox systems. You know, on on the Xbox Series X, One X series. So the Xbox One S. All digital MSRPs for one ninety nine ninety nine. It looks like when it came out. Looks like when it came out, it was two forty nine ninety nine. Okay. Xbox One S. It's probably three hundred. Let's find out. You about to find the fuck out? Uh, it is now, but I don't know if that was. Let me see what Microsoft says. Three hundred. It's, like, uh, it's probably gonna be fifty dollars difference on there. Yeah. All right. A- a- anything else to add on the PS5 reveal? Or are you gonna get one? You're gonna wait. You probably have to wait, right? You I will one? get one. There will be enough. For, you're gonna get one for like seven hundred dollars, whatever it's gonna cost, six fifty. Well, <laughs> that's the money. other thing. There was a uh, there was a quote that came from Sony, and now I don't remember it exactly. I'm gonna try not to mangle it, but it was not good sounding. It was something about. <clears throat> We're looking at the value, value, not necessarily a low price or something like that. Wow. And it was like, okay. Another upcoming console is doing that after jacking their price uh, 70% as well. Yeah. Look, look at the value of getting a second controller. 
<laughs> so don't mind we raised the price eighty dollars from what we originally were gonna do. I doubt I'll find myself in a position this fall to buy one. But if I am and there's, oh, there's enough games, I would maybe. I don't know if this is something that's going to be... This might be too expensive for people to scalp unless you've got the money to take the risk. Yeah. If there's a, a limited amount of these. But when, when you say Sony's going to be have a limited amount, it's still going to be a lot. Um, it's just how many they're going to get to market for Christmas. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I will refrain from guessing any further, though. I, I won't speculate it on it. I will just, you speculate on the price? Will this be 600 I just said I'm not going to speculate on it. Oh, I think you speculate, no. speculate on how many are going to be out there. No, no. On the price. I, I don't know. The solid-state drives are obviously expensive. I don't know about the other GPU stuff, but the, the solid-state drives alone uh, jacked the price on it a bit. I think um, a few months ago or a month ago or somewhat recently, I, I guessed like 550 I think this could edge closer back to 600 for... Especially with, with the, if there's a lot of parts you can't get because of the coronavirus <clears throat> pandemic. Sure. I should blank that out just in case. All right. Well, it seemed impressive so far. I mean, Microsoft hasn't shown anything near to that yet, so I guess, you know. No, Microsoft, yeah. Uh-uh. They're waiting to play their, their Halo hand, I guess. I mean, what else are they going to show? But also available on Windows. So it's like, all right. Just wait till Windows. All right. Uh, Nintendo's clamping down on Animal Crossing items and characters for sale. Uh, this is just a real quick little guy we'll talk about. Um, so I guess um, Japan um, looks like uh, there's an organization operating via Twitter account. They're selling characters between $46 and $74 a pop. Um, I don't know much about Animal Crossing and how, how hardcore people are to pay money for stuff like this for items and so characters. there are something like 400 different villagers in the game. 400? Yes. Wow. And there are uh, 356. There's a lot. There's there's over 350. I think it's like four something. Um, lots of villagers. And then there are certain villagers that are like very iconic. They're village people? Yes. Uh, you can only have 10 villagers in your village at any given time. And they can constantly rotate through. Like, they, they can get bored and they'll be like, oh, I'm thinking about leaving. And you can ask them to stay or you can tell them to go off. And they're and unique characters, life. each of these 400. <laughs> sort of. They're all unique looking. Basically, there's, I think, 10 different animal types. Okay. 10 or 12 different animal types. And then there's a bunch of different personality types. And they mix and match. Basically, they all look different. They're not randomly generated either. They're all there's, unique. There's like, 400 in the set. Yeah. Got it. So, for instance, Bob is the cat character with the lazy, um, with the lazy personality. Type. Gotcha. Um, but then there's like characters that like uh, there's ducks that like their head is done up so that it looks like a tomato. There's the cat that looks like her head's an orange. So there's gotcha. like special characters that people want. So when you get these characters and they're ready to move out, you can sell them to people. They've got the timing down on how to get someone to like visit their island. Then you say, hey, move into my town. If so, I if, could say move to Ian's village, and when they leave, hey, like I if, if they want to leave and they get ready to leave, like if villagers come and talk to them, like from other towns they will move to that other villager's town. So the people that say, I want this neighbor, I want this character to live with me. You, yes, it's not that easy. You can't just go and poach villagers from people. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, yes, if, if the... Um, not Lord of the Flies. No, but if the... Uh, 
which would be funny. The things link up. Yes, if if you've got if you need someone in your village as they're getting rid of someone, you can get that person's uh, villager. Wow. Okay. We, so we are in a pandemic. We we need we need our fuzzy friends on the island. Yes. Um. Wow. Some people take it very seriously too. It's like status. Oh, I got I got. Uh, Jerry the raccoon in my village, aha! Uh-huh. Like one of well, those. there's like like I'm very happy to have Bob. Bob's one of my favorite characters. It's the name's just Bob. His name's Bob. They're all first names. He's a dumbass. Uh, Four hundred first names. Is there a Patrick? Uh, I'm sure there is. Oh, nice. There's a meringue. Meringue is like a, a rhinoceros, but her head's made out of a slice of cake. It's, and it's her, a pie? Okay. Yeah, and, <laughs> and her, uh, yeah, it's it's great. So anyways, yeah, people get real hardcore about it, and uh, they sell the characters. They also sell the amiibo cards online, which we've talked about yes. on here before, I think, because you can use the amiibo cards for a character to um, get them to move into your village via the campsite. And then, of course, there's people who sell uh, items, um, like the rare items that are in the game. Um Nintendo's been cracking down on people finding ways to duplicate the items in game. So how how would I purchase this from you, or are you, I have to find you and trade 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 with you? Yeah, there's pay a, you real money. And there's then, a lot of well, trust going on here. I was gonna say this is a lot this, of trust. This going isn't like on the here. CS:GO s- 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 skins where they actually build a fucking marketplace built in. This is like we have to barter in real life. Then this go is, in the I'm game going trade. to give you the money. Okay, then I'm going go to give trade. you my friend code. All right, now go we're going to meet up. We're going to, and then I'm going to go talk to and, your animal, and they're going to move to my. And village. hopefully, it's not like a drug deal gone bad. You start beating up my Animal Crossing character with a <laughs> stick or whatever. I, right, you, you do show that? up, and they just yeah. start hitting you with, with their fucking bug nets. Can you do that? You can knock someone out with a bug net. You can whack people with bug nets. Oh, okay. It'll piss off the animals too if you do it enough times it's like the only way you can be violent in the game Jesus people with bug nets is there security on the island <laughs> to protect me if I do one of these deals you know, used- can I hire someone no and I'm, I'm happy with it there used to be cops in the game they defunded them yeah there's no fucking police on this island they're totally trustworthy <laughs> until it all goes to hell there are no police on this island start tearing down some statues on Animal Crossing Island you know why you can build like big Godzilla statues <laughs> can you <laughs> yeah Animal Crossing is great. I'm still playing it. Uh, Retromania Wrestling got a new trailer. Yeah, um, we uh, we've talked about them before. I they, think we, they sponsored I the podcast. Say, they sponsored like, a couple years ago. So Retromania is looks good. It's a spiritual successor to WrestleFest, which is a game that's one of the best wrestling games. Well, no, ever. it's it's not even spirit. Well, gameplay looks spiritual. It's they now officially are the official sequel yes. to WrestleFest. They can say that they, 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 they got the rights. They got the rights to say that. They got the music. There's a Mega Ran is doing the theme song. He's he's, he's rapping. It's fantastic. Um, and then it has the same. Uh, we, if you if you follow wrestling games or this, this has been in development for a couple of years. Very nice team. I always talk to them when, when I see them at PAX East or too many games. Yeah, they seem great. Um, and th- they got licensed wrestlers, um, Nick Aldis. Um, they got Tommy Dreamer. I talked to Tommy Dreamer at too many games last year. Nicest guy in the world. Very smart guy. Knows a lot about the business. They got Matt Cardona. On here, they got um, the Road Warriors. Obviously, I think that was the first ones I got because the Road Warriors were the bosses of the original game. So uh, Brian Myers, who was just let go by WWE, um, as well uh, Jeff Cobb, who's fantastic. So a lot of more independent guys, guys that are with um, some guys with NWA. So you know some indie guys. So it's. it's I a- think it's cool that I mean for practical reasons, obviously the licensing is cheaper, but I think it's also great to just give these like small indie wrestlers yes. the leg up. And, well, I mean they're in a sweet game. I well, mean, one guy's back with the WWE, uh, Johnny Retro, who's also Johnny Nitro or Johnny oh, really? Mundo. He, you know, he's, he's he's Johnny. You know his name. He's back with WWE. They did this before that, and so this is it's a nice showcase. 
so it's it's upping the complexity of the original WrestleFest. The original WrestleFest is you really can't select the moves. There's, each guy gets like three or four grapples, and that's it. And you get your submission move, and you get your running. It's a fun game, but it's a button slapper. Yes, there's some logic to it, but very little. This is making more like a move set. This is giving you a wrestler actual move sets to select from and probably getting it closer to like a fire pro with button mashing. I would say that's basically how it's operating. So you I'm guessing each guy has like 16 moves, I'm guessing something like that. So more like a 16-bit era wrestling, sure. game, which is which is all you need for a game like this. There's going to be weapons, different rings, environments. There's a there's a, a story mode they put in a single player story mode in here and it has the same graphic style. Uh, as well, it has the the Blue World Orders in here. <laughs> the oh BWO. yeah, that's right. That was one of the first ones uh, they announced. I, uh, Blue, Blue Mini was at Blue PAX East. Yeah. I didn't talk to him. I didn't want to bother him. But uh, yeah, it looks great. That's all I'm going to say. Like, there's room for a wrestling game like this, uh, a more arcadey wrestling game uh, that harkens back to, to that style because there really wasn't another wrestling game that had that arcade style after WrestleFest. That was like sprite based. Had oh, and there's play by play announcing this as well. Uh, who's doing the play-by-play on this? I forget. There's two guys. Uh... Oh, Cole Cabana's one of the color commentator oh, guys. nice. And there's there's another one. So I'm looking forward to this. This has been development for a while. The team that runs it, obviously, are, are, are big wrestling fans. Um, my suggestion, which I always come back to, is somehow, please come up with a creator wrestler. I understand it'd be complicated because it's like sprite-based. It'd be more like doing... That'd be a, insane. It'd be like doing a fire pro, almost, but more complicated because you have to do each characters and get the game and engine out let the wrestlers that are in there enjoy their time and then worry about it but that would be great though sure come on that'd be great because this has a lot more moves than the original the original WrestleFest, top of my head there's probably not more than 30 different moves between all the different wrestlers they had in the game 30 to 35 moves between all those guys you know no, no guy each guy had a, there was no moves that were really unique to one wrestler besides the finishers in WrestleFest. sure you know, perfect plex, you know, uh, gorilla press slam, you know, things like that. Uh, otherwise, you know, you had each, each guy had, uh, you know, either like a, a knee to the gut running move or a close on, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, look, check it out. Check out Retromania wrestling. It's, it's finally set to come out. It's also going to be, I think it's going to be on switch, I think as well as steam and other consoles. So there you go. Hopefully, hopefully it plays well, and you know it looks it, look, it looks just like a spiritual successor. The different environments look great. There's steel cages, there's weapons, like I said, um, and there's also um, uh, let's see, singles tag match, six man tag, that's good. Uh, tournament, uh, excuse me, tornado tag, elimination tag, three way or four way, and not the Royal Rumble anymore. It's the Retro Rumble. That's oh, how they nice. that's how they get around it. So there you go. All right. Um, RK One Up, Ian. You want to talk real quick about the announcement of RK One Up? What they got going on? Quickly, this uh, long ass intro. Arcade One Up did uh, has announced a, new, a bunch of new uh, products coming out. Um, these are mostly Marvel related. They did announce a um, Ms. Pac-Man machine um, that will have Ms. Pac-Man, uh, Pac-Mania, um, Pac-Man Plus, Pac-Man Plus, and uh, one other one, Galaxian, Galaxian. Um, which differs slightly from the uh, 40th anniversary Pac-Man machine. They announced a big Buck Hunter, which I think of all of the ones they've uh, released so far looks the cheapest. I guess it's the most noticeable difference between obviously a real big Buck Hunter cabinet and like one of these. And it's not bad for the price. What do you mean it looks cheapest in in terms of the... Just like it it definitely looks like like a pop-up cabinet. Like Versus the other ones. Right. 
Um, I think the other cabinets they've done so far, you know, despite being small. Eh, actually, looking at the big buck hunter one okay. again, it looks fine. It has a cool plastic top, it looks like, on the marquee. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get a good enough it, look it, at it. Will the shotguns have the nice spring action? That's what the, you know, right. obviously going to be probably a little bit smaller. Will, will it be the same size? I guess that'll be the question. Who knows? On there. Uh, and then they announced uh, a X-Men vs. Street Fighter machine and a Marvel vs. Capcom machine. These actually mostly share the same games, thank goodness. Um, it's X-Men vs. Street Fighter, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, uh, X-Men Children of the Atom, and then each one gets a slightly different game. And this is weird. The X-Men vs. Street Fighter machine gets X-Men Mutant Apocalypse which is a one-player side-scrolling action game for the Super Nintendo. forget how many stars it gets. Um, and War of the Gems uses that exact same engine. That's what the Marvel vs. Capcom cabinet is, is going to get. It's going to get War of the Gems. These are nice-looking games, and I understand why they're including them, because this is where Capcom's... Um, this is where Capcom kind of got those sprites from. This is where, like, the verse style, like, ah, okay. design came from. Gotcha. But they're okay games. They're not, like... But they're not arcade games. No, they're not arcade games. So why put them on? I guess it's just to have a different product. And then why do two versions of the cabinet? Because we can. No one's going to buy them. Unless you're, like, a guy, who, I guess, who has all 30 arcade one-up cabinets in your own personal arcade. People are probably doing that because I would buy the room to, to do that. There's no reason to get both of these. I mean, because they're no. not outstanding games. These, they're they're these not. They're, they're fine. They're okay. Yeah. They're fine, but they're not great. Um, they look nice more than anything. They don't play particularly well. Uh, and then they announced a mar- uh, uh, one of the mini pinball machines, which I still want to get my hands on in terms of just testing. This was the Marvel what? one. Uh, this is partnered up with Zen Studios again. Uh, Zen Studios released a ton of Marvel tables many years back. Uh, they've probably done done some more recent ones too. Uh, there's a good handful of them that are are fun. I've enjoyed those. So really, it comes down to like we said before when they announced these mini pinball tables. How is it actually going to play? How's it feel? How's it feel? How's it bump and feel? Whatever else. Exactly. As a physics, I wonder now. Now that they put an X X Men Children of uh, the Atom on, on there, um, you know, beat them up. No, you mean Mutant Apocalypse? Oh, Children but... of the Atom is uh, it's a one on one fighting game. Be- oh, okay. The beat 'em up is just X Men. Just X Men. That's not on here. No. Okay. I was wondering if they then if they, if they could put that out with a six player, would that sell? They make a, a big ass wide one. Would Did, people buy that? It'd be interesting. Different licensing though. Konami versus Capcom. Sure. But now, but but they're in bed with. Obviously, they can get get that. You know, they can work and get the licenses work out. That'd be great. Well, yeah. I was just thinking, that. have they done anything with Konami? But they have actually because they did the Frogger Time Pilot um, cabinet. They did, yeah. So the, they do have uh, they have some sort of ins there. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, what I'd say about these arcade one ups is they always look interesting enough to me where I go just maybe, and then I don't. I I have a feeling like they would be very novel for a little while, and uh, then the novelty would maybe wear off. You want to be interested in the Star Wars arcade one? Like I said, the the, the ones that I'd be most interested in would be the Star Wars arcade. It's five hundred bucks um, because it uses unique controls. And I would have maybe been interested in, like, the um, NBA Jam because it has the online play. Yeah, I keep forgetting about I the really NBA did, Jam one. I really, really did contemplate the NBA Jam one, but I just don't have the space. In that. Even, oh. As small as these are, I don't have the space. We can, we can clean up that front room, do past a little arcade, we can go halfsies on it. <laughs> I'm not going to go halfsies with you. Oh, oh, NBA Jam comes out in a week? Yeah. 400 bucks for that. Yep. 
See, that one, to me, once you get to $400, that's when it gets iffy for some reason. I think that one with the online play might be worth it if, for, um, for that one. If the online play works well, and if they can find some way to add something to the online play, like stat tracking or something like that, I don't think they will, but or at least the ability to set up a tournament, um, it would be pretty set impressive. Up, you mean a tournament with other people online? Yeah. How would that work, though? I don't know. They're already adding something in to make online feasible, so... I mean, yeah, well, a lot of emulators have online play already built in. That's basically what they're doing. I'm just saying some yeah. sort of matchmaking front-end, but that's I, probably I wanna, hoping for too much. I've honestly never really... I've seen these in person a little bit. I've never really played these. I, I, I assume they're selling great. Because they're you know they're going strong they're, they're getting so many of these licenses I assume they're selling great I'm surprised there has been another company to sort of come in and do something similar I played the Street Fighter two one it was fine it's fine looks good it, it feels the fine. controls are good you know um yeah we'll think about it. I'll clean that front room up room up after I sell some of my collection that might be the little arc, the little arcade room at, at Castle Country may I get the uh, the Star Wars arcade one is five hundred bucks with the little sit down bench. Add on to make it like a sit down version. Would you want to sit down or, or, or stand up for Star Wars Arcade? Stand up. Just stand up and do it. Because it, it doesn't, it's not like there's a hood over your head right. like that one. So it's not quite the same. But I get it. I'm sure someone will build one though. They'll build like that. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah. I mean, it's a good alternative because arcade games are prohibitively more expensive each year. And plus, if they break, you're screwed if you don't know anything about, you know, real arcade mechs and right. monitors. You don't know what to do. You, you have to hire someone to come on out. So, um, Real quick on the 3D Sen NES emulator for PC, which is currently on Steam Early Access, but comes out in a week. I believe it's going to be 19.99. It is a an NES 3D emulator, and we spoke about one in the past that was actually 3D NES, where it, it did um, you know, you load up a ROM and it was 3D. This seems like this is a whole nother advanced level of of having a 3D emulator. A whole nother ball of wax. Yes. Because not that not that the the 3D NES emulator was 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 bad. It was fine. It still made things 3D. A little bit of shadow effects. This though really ups the ante a bit. And the developers been doing it has has been working on this for five years. It turns out. And there's already uh, videos on YouTube where you look at this, and this is more work put into individual games. It looks like in terms of figuring out the whatever the the 3D profile for each game to really make it look like this isn't slapped together. And that's the one bad part about this, though, is that it's, this isn't going to be you buy, you buy the emulator, you can load up any ROM you want, and you're good to go. No. You have to wait for these profiles to be created right. to have these probably work and look like anything worth it, damn. But if you look at some of the videos, though, Ian, uh, even something like Wild Gunman, where like the hat on the guy is 3D, the, the bandito that comes out, and then like the, the cacti are on a totally different plane. Mm-hmm. Of play than the characters, and it truly is 3D. And I'm not—I don't know what goes into this. I don't know how this was developed differently than the last uh, 3D emulator. But this really looks like, at least to me, not trying to bloviate too much. Like you're playing all new, brand new games. Some of these when you're playing these, the Legend of Zelda one to me um, looked looked incredible when I looked at it. The way the trees popped up, um, the Octoroks were fully 3D. The water on the bridges sort of went over the bridges to give a little effect. So there's some little extra touches put into this. Like, right. there's some stuff uh, somehow that are in these games that aren't in the original NES game that they have added to these uh, 3D Send versions of this. I don't know. What's your impression? I think it looks great. I think it looks... I don't love the look, but I think it's incredibly impressive. 
Um, and some of the games did look better than others. I did think the Wild Gunman one looked um, very nice. It's just a 2D game, like yeah. on a plane, and then all of a sudden it looks. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I think it's. I think it's very cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many games it ends up supporting. But like most things that do this sort of thing, like filters and whatnot. I mean, obviously, this is far more than a filter. It does look like a new game. I always end up going back to the. Go back to the original. I always go back to the original. Um, you know, any of these like games that come out where like you can press a button and you can switch between like new graphics and old graphics. I always end up going back to the old graphics, even if the new ones are really nice, t- hand drawn two D or or something like that. Um, because it's more comfortable for you, or or you just used I, to it. I think it's just because I'm used to it. I, okay. So, I like this. It's it's. I, I like the idea. It's very interesting, but I don't know that I would actually get enough use out of it to um, buy it. Yeah, that well, said, it's cool. It, it's obviously something that is. I mean, it looks like it takes a shitload of work. Well, he said five years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Compare this. Yeah, it, it looks like a step up. I know they're still updating the the 3D uh, NES emulator. That one came out. That was originally a browser one too, right? You could do. Yeah. This one looks like the curtains in Castlevania are swaying. Somehow, I don't know how you build stuff like that in, but um, like I said, it's adding things that are not in the NES game. Um, I just don't. Wow, I don't, I'd love to talk to them. I'd be like, how do you program that in? How do you how do you make it? In, they're waving in three D. They're waving laterally yeah. and vertically. They they are waving the curtains. The more I look at this, the more I'm like, wow, this is. This is not just a emulator with a little, you know, little 3D filter somehow made into it. There's a little bit more going on. Arkham looks cool playing it from in this video from Pat and Plays. He's he has it in the bottom, looking up when you're playing Arkanoid. It's and so you can see like you know the yeah some of the watch. some of the stuff that starts messing with camera angle and whatnot is pretty cool. Let's see what else they got in here real quick. Uh, Ghosts and goblins. You can definitely see the different planes. You can see the, like how the grass, how far it goes back to grass until you get to like the tombstones. There, the fires in 3D when you throw the fireball. Um, when you look at what is the, th- the third stage of of Ghosts and goblins when you're jumping up all the like ice tower, mm-hmm. the angle changes when it's up top. You know, it's like you're looking at it in 3D. The angle of of the platforms change as you travel. This, this isn't this isn't a cheap little effect. I can see why he's charging for this. He's working on this for five years. Uh, here, yeah. Uh, how is Pac-Man? Oh, Pac-Man in 3D looks like Pac-Man. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, not, I mean, it's still Pac-Man as a pie face, but like it's it's 3D Pac-Man. What what else can you say? It's a 3D Pac-Man. That to me, it, that's probably the best example to to see how it looks in terms of how it's really working. And everything has you know shadows that are moving around in real time on the characters. Check it out. The coins are the the coins are rotating in Super Mario Brothers. Um, yeah. I, the piranha plants are rotating when they come up. Nice. Yeah, it's cute. I think I would. I think I would want to play through Legend of Zelda and and just see how it is. If, if it really feels like a full game to me, uh, you know, a full different game when you go through. Probably it. like 3D dot game heroes then. Oh sure, that's probably what the closest thing. You know, have that like two and a half D effect mm-hmm. on there. All right, check it out there. Just not, not trying to sell it for the guy, but you know, I was very impressed by this, and we didn't talk about it when it was first sort of announced. Ian. I've had a cell phone for like 16 years at this point. I got my first cell phone with one of those big wireless providers, and I've honestly hated my monthly bill. You see that bill come in, that chunky amount of money, and you're like, what's going on here? From big cell phone. 
Big cell phone companies. But then I discovered there's another option that can give me this same premium service I'm used to, but at a fraction of the cost, I can cut my wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month and save hundreds of dollars a year by switching to Mint Mobile. For anyone who's out there looking to save without sacrificing service, switching to Mint Mobile is a no-brainer. For customers that just hate their wireless bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile can pass those significant savings directly to you. Every plan with Mint Mobile comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text plus crazy fast 4G LTE. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. Mint Mobile makes it easy. You go to the website, you can put in the ID of your phone, it can tell you if your phone's compatible with the service. It's great. And they ship it right to your door. The SIM card, the plan you get going, it's great. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guaranteed. To get your new wireless bill for just 15 bucks a month and get your plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash podcast. Don't make me say it again. All right, Ian. Yeah. Are, are you staying in tip-top shape with a certain public health crisis? No, I'm not staying in shape at all. I'm in some of the worst shape of my life. Okay. Well, Nintendo <laughs> sensed that, Ian. Because out of nowhere, Nintendo, for the Switch, released Nintendo Jump Rope Challenge. So, yeah, Vani brought this up last night, and I wasn't sure exactly what she was talking about because she was looking at something on her phone. And she got excited because there was a game that was not made by Nintendo on the Wii U called Cutie Pets Jump Rope Challenge. Oh, okay. And it was uh, it was like a 99-cent game, and it was like shovelware. But we bought it, and we played it a lot with friends. And it was just a game where you pressed a button, and you would jump rope. So I thought that's what she was talking about. I thought there was some app or something or whatever. So then I come over, and you, you've got it on here. And I look at it, and no, Nintendo has released a free jump rope game for the Switch uh, done by um, some of their uh, Japanese staff while staying at home during the COVID-19 pandemic. And it is a, uh, you use your Joy-Cons to simulate the handles of a jump rope. And you jump rope. And you got to jump. A little or, rabbit or move on your screen. legs. You have to. You have to mm-hmm. change your. You know. Yeah, I have to jump. And uh, I said jump. There's a little rabbit on screen that counts along with you. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, there's there's uh, daily challenge goals. You can change how many do in a row or how many do total. It's it's just cute little simplistic little. Sort of like flash art cartoon sort of style, yeah, if you, you want to can, say that. You can change the clothes that your rabbit is wearing. The background changes to like still images. There was a cat picture that comes up. I guess it was just like whatever developers had laying around with they took with their iPhone or phone. And like, oh, we'll do this as a background. It's, it's, it's a simple little game. Um, this is what this is Nintendo's description on the site. Jump rope virtually and watch the on-screen counter increase with each successful hop. A friend can join in on the fun. Ooh, family co-op. Yep. Uh, with another Joy-Con con- controller as you strive for a high score. Make sure to stretch properly before play. Gameplay requires varying amounts of physical activity. Consult a doctor before playing if you are or may be pregnant. You have heart, respiratory, back, joint, or other orthopedic conditions. There you go, Ian. Yeah, I want to play this like when I go home, but I know jumping can't. up and down is not something I can do. You have high blood pressure. You have difficulty with physical exercise, or you have been instructed to res- restrict physical activity. 
If you experience excessive fatigue, shortness of breath, chest tightness, dizziness, discomfort, or pain while stop while playing, stop use immediately and consult the doctor. Keep your activity within reasonable limits and avoid excessive exertion. The tenants want you to kill yourself playing with cute bunnies on screen. They don't want people having heart attacks Mm-mm. while doing it. But this, but jump roping gets you into shape. I was telling Ian, I bought like a six, seven dollar jump rope with like ball bearings, like the you know professional quality, and you jump for like forty five seconds. Even you think you're in shape. Well, like, oh, I'm starting to, I'm starting to. You know, I'm starting to feel something now. It's simple aerobic exercise. Try to try to, try to just do jumping jacks for like, for like a minute and a half, and you'll oh, feel it's crazy. It. It's the same thing on jumping rope. I always say like, oh, just do jumping jacks, jacks, and you you do get the heart heartbeat going there. So I applaud Nintendo for doing stuff like this. This seems like you know, there's no reason for them to do this, but it seems like it's a looser, goosier Nintendo the past like three, four, five years, just doing this stuff willy nilly. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's great, this, but with with the pandemic in the quarantine, I mean, it makes sense. This is just a little fun way to make sure you're getting some exercise. Well, sure, so. but they have Ring Fit Adventure, but I guess they figured, well, this this is something everyone will do. It's easier. You don't have to find it with scalpers, right? You can't you can't scalp the poor bunny rabbits? That, that would be horrible. Here, can you select your bunny? Can you go you through can select your bunny? The clothes. You can change your clothes. It's adorable. It's yeah. adorable, Ian. This makes me want to be a game dev and just come up with something adorable that I know that there's gonna be a million people that play this. Hopefully. Just because it's just because it's free. Oh, well, you know, get a little shape from the pandemic. You know, that's all I got to say about that. I I don't know. I I I don't know. That's fine. I think it's adorable. I think more people will play this and end up playing the stupid power pad. It's probably do better for you than playing the power pad. <laughs> we haven't gotten back to the power pad. We've sort of abandoned that. You know, back in the back in the. Uh, early 90s we're, we're done with the power pad stuff someone bought one at work the other day they were real excited to pick it up power pad yeah what did they buy with it uh something else that was like Three completely cop? unrelated to the power pad they bought like i don't know an xbox controller or something like that did they yeah. know it was a different console that uh-huh. they're buying the power pad for yep they they walked in and he was like i want the power pad and i said all right could you simulate you could probably simulate stepping around with the joy cons different it would sense where you are, are, starting from and then stepping. You probably could do something like that. Uh, I mean, if you do just if you can do just dance with the Joy Cons, you can do stepping, right? Yeah, but just dance is usually like following hand motions. I don't think it's following depth necessarily. It's not following depth. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, if it has a gyroscope, you do depth. This accelerometer. No idea. All right, I'm just I'm just trying to bring back. Well, I don't think Street Cop was selling 2020, even a cute Street Cop game, where you hit someone over the head in the park. Yes, <laughs> I don't think that would sell with everything going on. I was trying to think of other other type of games they could do like this, simple little games with a Joy-Con that'll be exercise and fun. That they could they can incorporate simple movements, something like this. This will, this will not be the last one. If this is a success. They will make a few others. I'm not saying they're going to sell them, but they'll say, hey, what do you got time to do? This, this will keep Nintendo in the public eye. This was trending on Twitter that this came out yeah. and no one realized it. It's, it's cheap marketing and, you know. By the way, Nintendo is marketing. There's so many ads on, on Twitter, promote a post to buy the Switch. And they're so hard to find a Switch at this point. That's not a Switch Lite. It, 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 it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't think it's Nintendo's fault that demand has shot up through the roof with everything going on. I mean, this console's been out for three years. I don't remember a time when this has happened with another console where you couldn't find them after three years. Um, and, obviously, um, obviously, and obviously, obviously the pandemic hasn't helped with production. Um, but, 
You know, it's going to be probably a good a good uh, rest of the year for Nintendo. That's all I'm going to say. Not to the same extent, but there was a there was a genuine shortage of of PlayStations when Spider Man came out. There was, yeah. I, I think that I think that was when the Pro came out too. I don't know, but there was for like a month or two there. Right, it was tough to come by a PlayStation Four. Okay, but yeah, no, I think overall you're right. There's, it's very rare for a system to come out, get through a period of it's middle aged, yeah, of time where it was in high demand and then suddenly be out of stock again. So and scalp like it was originally, more so, maybe even probably, yeah. They're going for what five six hundred dollars in some yeah some cases. All right, well check out Jump Rope Challenge with the cute little bunny rabbits with the little the cute little jogging suits and shorts. <laughs> it's adorable. So I can't escape it. Um, Star Wars is back on the podcast again. Did you, Yay, say, did you say you never want to talk about Star Wars. Star ever Wars. Star Wars. Woo! Nothing but Star Wars. It's the best Star Wars. It's so good. Give me those Star Wars. Um. Okay. Uh, actually, though, this is actually if they if, if they were going to release a Star Wars product to get me excited, it would be this one. Um, so I'm actually pretty pumped for Star Wars Squadrons, uh, which is coming out in October for PC, Xbox One, uh, and PS4, and it's going to have crossplay on all systems, which is pretty great. I'm getting excited to see more crossplay. Um, as we go on, uh, No Man's Sky just recently got crossplay oh. in a big update, and uh, EA just did uh, crossplay for Need for Speed Heat. I think they implemented that last week. We're finally so, we're finally over over those those natural barriers. You think for we, yeah? I, I mean, this is still a trickle, but as time goes on, I think we really are going to see a lot more crossplay. And uh, I will commend EA. I don't give them a lot for much, but if they're going to you know try to implement crossplay and all this stuff going forward, very good. That's great. Um, so Star Wars Squadrons is entirely a uh, Star Wars universe based dogfighting game um, it's going to be 5 on 5 there's going to be a story mode where you switch between a pilot for the um, Alliance and a pilot for the Empire and it's going to tell both sides of the story at the same time when you're going through? yes um, and I like that It'll be interesting. Uh, well, it could be interesting. I want to get into. I want to really pretend I'm fighting the Empire. I don't want to then be killing my c- compatriots after that. Here's what it says about the single player campaign. This is on Engadget. The single player campaign takes place after the Battle of Endor and the destruction of the Death Star Two. You'll swap between the perspectives of two pilots, one from the New Republic's hero heroic Vanguard Squadron and the other representing the Empire's Titan Squadron. Both pilots are customizable, and the campaign will oh. feature an array of original characters. You might also spot cameos. There, there, um, there's or wedges in the trailer, I think, for a second. But um. The uh, on multiplayer, it's saying in this. Obviously, this could these could be modes in single player as well. Um, it's going to be five on five dogfights, uh, and then there will be fleet battles where uh, it'll be cooperative, where you and your teammates work together to take down like a a star destroyer or something like that. Um, the trailer looked good. I don't believe the trailer was gameplay at all. Uh, Um, there's it says at the bottom here it's using the engine but not gameplay yeah I think that's probably what it is it does say here that uh, on no not on October 2nd oh EA will keep the ball rolling with a gameplay preview at EA play this Thursday so a couple of days Uh, oh damn it we're behind Ian we're all out of whack Um, with our coverage 
but number one trending on, on YouTube was this trailer. I so at one point. I can't say much from the trailer, uh, but I love dogfighting games. And I don't, while I don't really, you, you, it, it's hard to get me to give a shit about Star Wars. Um, I love, fuck, I might even download them today when I get home and play them again. I love games like X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Uh, yeah. They're amazing games. And I played amazing. them. I played them endlessly. I love this shit. Flying around in a spaceship going pew pew and zoom zoom is my fucking All stuff. All you want to do is want a pew pew and a pew, zoom zoom? Pew 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 and a zoom zoom. Well, here's the thing, Ian. Mm. To quote Ian, we don't know if this is a sim or more of an arcade game. Yeah. I'm going to guess that this is going to be more arcade if it's coming out of EA. Then I'm not interested. I'm, I'm out. I didn't. First of all, I didn't know that uh, this was is this is the first dedicated dogfighting Star Wars game since the GameCube. I didn't know that since Rogue Squadron Three. I read that uh, since Rogue Squadron Two. I think Rogue Squadron Three had on land segments. Oh, okay. Either way, it's been like 17 years or so since they yeah. had a dedicated... Which is insane when you think about it. Like, they, they've ignored... I, I get on the, the fucking Jedi shit because when you just focus on Jedi stuff, there's a, so much other cool Star Wars stuff that you don't you don't realize still exists. You're like, let's... There's, there's a part of the market, like Pat was in the 90s, that would rather play X-Wing and TIE Fighter than play fucking Jedi Knight 2. Which I never, I never played when it came out in the nineties. So focus on me and Ian for a bit here. All right, no fucking lightsabers. Give me a an A wing. Give me a Tie interceptor. Let's go. Now one other interesting thing is that I saw was at the retail price only be forty bucks. Only forty bucks, and I was under fifty bucks. And I was afraid. Actually, yeah, that's a big thing to mention. Forty, uh, forty bucks, and um, they actually said. There will be cosmetics and gameplay modifiers such as weapons, hulls, engines, and shields. But EA said you'll be able to earn all of these through gameplay alone. Wow. We will see how much this holds true. However, they mention, and it's it's something to look back on and think about, um, they faced an insane amount of backlash over their loot boxes in Battlefront 2. Sure. Uh, and I don't think they're going to want to make that mistake again. That was huge PR loss there. That was. Gigantic. I mean, it, it basically, I think it tanked the game. Uh, I mean, people played it and they made some updates and people said, hey, if you liked the original Battlefront that they did, which I did, and but, I was in the minority, they were like, it was a good game. But people were already done. They're like, but they're like, bullshit. yeah, it's. Well, this is interesting, though. I understand you want to update like your TIE bomber with cosmetics or whatever. Like in real life, you know, if you were flying World War II, you'd paint paint a lady on the side of your, you know, whatever. You would do that. Weapon and engine and shield upgrades, that to me is interesting, but now you're getting away from the, the reason that each of your craft are different and the strengths versus weaknesses each has. Unless it's like subtle, I don't know. I There's a reason why when you played... My guess is it's going to be subtle. It's just like a racing game. Just because you can upgrade and do things to your car doesn't mean you can take a shit car and make it a fucking sports car. I, I get that, but... Like when you played missions in in Tie Fighter or X Wing back in the day, you were you were given a specific <clears throat> a specific um, fighter to complete a certain type of objective. If you got like an A Wing, you're probably doing a recon mission or like an escort mission. If you're getting an X Wing, you're doing dog fighting or, or you're taking out 
you know, a, a group of, 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 of TIE fighters. If you got a Y-wing or a B-wing, you're probably doing a bombing run. Then there's little mixtures of each, obviously. You can do a bombing run with an X-wing because it has proton torpedoes. I know my shit out there. Um, but you get away from that when you just say, well, starting with an X-Wing, I'm going to build it up so it can, it can sustain a pounding like a, like a B-Wing can or a Y-Wing can. It just, it just bothers me. Obviously, this is going to be dumbed down. This is not going to be then, the more thing about it, it's not going to be a sim. No. Uh, the, the, one, like the one thing I saw that it's was It's going like, to be an online skirmish game. Well, no, it's single player as well, though. Um, I know, but I, I mean, just going by way, the where EA is and how developers work these days, and how I would be, I would be yeah. surprised if the single player campaign is anything more than... Uh, it won't be like a tacked on. We're talking. No, I'm just saying. I, I feel like it's going to be tacked. We're talking a forty dollar game. Well, I, why is it forty bucks? My guess is because the majority of this is being put into the online and not into the single player campaign. Is it of course, it's, that's why I'm saying. Of course, it's going to be arcade ish because it's it's meant to jump in and play. Or, it's going it's going to be a, a Call of Duty, but it, for space dogfights. Or it's leftover crap from that wasn't put in the last Battlefront game potentially. That's possibly it too because uh, I didn't play the second one but the dogfighting stuff in the first one was woefully underrepresented it was, it was, just, it was it, very it was very simplistic well the one thing I saw mentioned which is positive that's I guess they're trying to say it's kind of sim is that it's like oh you're managing you know your engine power versus your shields versus your weapons it's like well that's what it always was in the original sim games you had to manage three different systems and the charging rate versus a, a, versus your engine speed and, and your recharge level. I mean, that's how it always was. And you, and you transferred power in between them. I guess the closest thing you can say would be like in Star Trek. It's like, oh, transfer powers to the shields. Transfer power to the, to the engine. Like, that's how it works. It's the most rudimentary management system you have. But it gives you life in the game. It's like, well, I'm getting pounded. I, I got to maybe not fire as much. I'm going to transfer the energy to the shields or else I'm going to be destroyed. Um, so, but that's cool. At least they put that in there. All right. I wish this was Thursday because now we're going to talk about this good next week potentially for a little bit. I, I really want to see how this how this um, looks because if this is really if this is something impressive, you might look at Pat buying his first Star Wars game, brand new, in in let's see twenty years <laughs> maybe <laughs> over twenty years. I'm trying to think, if I bought a brand new Star Wars game in the past twenty years, and I don't think I have. I think it's been like ninety eight was probably the last time I did it. So. What's your what's your favorite you know on the Rebel Lines versus uh versus a Tie Fighter? What is your favorite crap? No B wing in the game, by the way. I'm kind of annoyed by that. They put this in, what this fucking U wing in instead. Give me a B wing, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Tie Interceptor, and uh, I I uh, I'm a fan of the Y wing. You like the Y wing? Like a little beefier? Yeah, I like the Y wing. A little more proton torpedoes. But more... I, I'm not gonna lie, the the fucking um the X wing's always been a very very cool design to me. Well, it's, it's all around. Yeah, it's it's all around. It, it does it's a very everything. cool looking. It's a very cool looking uh, craft. But I'd like to use the Y wing in um, X wing. Plus, plus you get you get the, you get the ion cannon in the Y wing as well, mm-hmm. and on the B wing as well. I, I, the B wing was interesting because it took a obviously it took a pounding because it was slow. It was like your heavy 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 bomber, and that thing. You remember getting shot up in the B wing? Like if your shield was down, you weren't done. You could take oh, some yeah. hits. Yeah. You could take like a 10, 12 hits still in that. An A wing, one hit after the shields, you're done. It's like it's like it's like it's like you're made out of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, the same thing with a tie fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, a tie, tie fighter, you take like one or two hits, hits you're done. You're finished. Defender's a little bit better, but you don't have any shields still. Get that tie advance or tie defender. I don't think the tie defender is in this game. The tie defender is like a tie interceptor, which with basically with shields. It's like it's like the ultimate, and it's it's probably overpowered. And that's I don't think in this one either. Tie advance was cool. The once you get the tie advanced, it's like oh, I can feel like you know. I, I could uh, I could actually take a pounding here. 
It was, I, I think I always enjoyed playing TIE Fighter more, though, for some reason. Maybe because they had the more structured military structure. You get the promotions. You get, like, the, ta- you get, like, the really creepy Sith tattoos in it. Um, I, I, I wanted to like X-Wing more because I wanted to root for the good guys. But, um, one, I love the, the TIE ships. And, two, it was just a better fleshed-out game. It came out after X-Wing. It came out, like, a year, year and a half after? There was more shit in it. Yeah. It was just... It was... It looked a little bit better. It was... Yeah. Uh, it was a slightly more... It was a slightly beefier game. I guess I was lucky. I never played the original X-Wing. I, re- I went right to the collector CD, which had the add-on missions and all the voice stuff with Admiral sure. Ackbar, so I don't know how how it looked in comparison to the original. I'm guessing it looked a little bit better, the CD yeah, version. Yeah, that's the one that I remember the most. Though, I bought both. I bought the CDs of both, actually. I think with, with TIE Fighter, I think... Well, they came out, let's see, they had they, they had the, um, the add-on pack, then they did it both. But I think the CD, TIE Fighter one, came out a lot sooner than the X-Wing one did after they came out. Whatever. Alright, I'm gonna check this out. 40 bucks? Come on, man. No loot boxes potentially. We don't know about loot boxes. We'll see. Oh, you get ten percent off if you uh, if you uh, do EA Access or Origin Access Basic member. There you go. All right, Ian. We like talking about collectors that we find a stash of things. Whether it's good old our pal Tim Atwood or other collectors that we know they're out there. We know you're out there with a bunch of cool stuff. That's right. Uh, unfortunately, though, eventually sometimes you pass away while you still own a lot a lot of stuff. In this case. 97-year-old man, Uncle Jimmy. I have an Uncle Jimmy I'll get into in a bit. Uh, left the collection to his kids. Millions of dollars oh, worth of, cards. of baseball cards and memorabilia. This is amazing. It's amazing. <clears throat> so, th- this collection from Uncle Jimmy. I'm going to the ESPN, uh, ESPN article. Uh, Boot, Boot in New Jersey. His name was James Missioni. Born in... Born and died in the same place. Wow. Wow. How often do you hear about that anymore? Wow. Never married, never became a father, never owned a car. His, I guess his love was just baseball. Yeah. He walked by. He walked to nearby jobs as a high school custodian and a chemical factory worker, leaving a small working class town only when he called to serve in Europe in the last three years of World War II. Diehard Yankee fan, but also of Jackie Robinson. Spent most of his life curating a treasure trove of baseball cards that experts believe to be one of the most extraordinary private collections in the hobby's history. So, what Jimmy did besides these, uh, besides just having a massive collection was, he would take cards and he would mail them out to baseball players and just see if he would get a hit on them autographing it and sending it back. So he has an extensive collection of autographed cards um, from, like, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that were uh, mentioned. But he's got tons of them. And, and a lot of them are signed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He sent out. I, he sent them out and got but them signed. It's, it's one thing to say, yeah, I have a, a Babe Ruth 1933. Was it Gaudi card? He's got six of them, yep. and they're signed, all signed, and they're in good, like they're in great condition for being cards that are 80 years old. Like this is incredible. Like like uh, this stuff comes up. Like if this was like in in the 70s, you'd be like, okay, it's not that old. These cards aren't worth that much right. compared. To, like these cards, some of these cards are going to fetch like a like a million bucks. Potentially, just one of them. Like this is this is historic stuff. Yep. 
Shortly after his death, his nieces and nephews ventured into Missoni's attic and found binders separated by decade and packed with autographs, including six Ruth cards from the famous 1933 Gaudi set. Orlando, who helped to officially grade the cards for Professional Sports Authenticator, estimates that those half-dozen Ruth cards together are worth up to $1 million in total. Jesus. In this day and age, maybe more. Like, these are going to go to auction. It says an auction over four weeks, all this stuff. Like, people get excited when this stuff comes out like this. Like a big collection from one guy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know much about the sports card world. I know. I know that anything after the mid, early mid '80s is, is worthless at this point. This is the um, sort of stuff that deserves to have like a name attached to the collection. Yes. Like this is the Uncle Jimmy collection. This is the, the Uncle Jimmy collection. I yes. Don't, I don't care so much about the Carolina collection when it comes to NES stuff, but like, hey, we like our we like our pal Dane. But yeah. I, no, I, I mean he's a nice guy. But that, but saying, that I, wasn't I, treasure trove I, stuff. Right. This is treasure trove stuff. That's yes. the difference. Exactly. This is stuff that this is once in a lifetime finds where you're never going to find this stuff again from someone. Who knows? Maybe let's see. Let's see. Pat Math, 97. He was born in 1923. So he was a kid. He was 10 years old, old when he buying these Babe Ruth yeah. cards. Like having these cards when he was like, that's amazing. It's unfortunate when you think about it, there's not many World War II veterans left alive. Um, no. My, my grandfather was, and he was born in 1917, so he would be 103 by now. But um, the when fact that... he pass away a, couple, a few years ago? 19, uh, 1911. Uh, 2011, he passed away. He, so he passed away right after, literally three days after he turned uh, 97. He passed away. Rest in peace, Uncle uh, Grandpa. Grandpa Sally. Uncle Sally, no. No, I didn't have an Uncle Sally, but Uncle Sally sounds better. Um, so this is a guy that was a baseball fan, and he accumulated... This is the only way this happens. You accumulate as you grow up and get these things, and you're yeah. a fan. Like, oh, Jackie Robinson. I'm going to go down to the corner store and buy the card. Right. And somehow they'll keep them in mint condition for decades, like or close to mint. Like it's incredible. Um, when you look at the picture of these, you're like, "What?" He mailed them away, got them signed, came back, and they're still better than like probably 98 percent of the ones out there. Like, and they were just they, and they were just kept in like binders, like the binder, you know, that put the cards in the little binder pockets. Yeah, and that's it. Yep, it's absolutely. It's absolutely crazy. One of his nephews, Peter Missoni, says he did not collect this thinking someday it would be worth a lot of money. His intent clearly was to do this collection and retain it for the game of baseball. He 100% knew that he had stuff that nobody else had and that his legacy really is giving this stuff back to the game of baseball. So, yeah, it's interesting. He he had to have known he had this money, but what was he doing? He, he spent his life curating a fantastic collection to get it, I don't know. Shortly after his death... The family spent days cataloging Missioni's vast collection. And thank thank God that this stuff was kept in the attic. It wasn't destroyed by the humidity in Jersey or whatever, yeah. what have you. Maybe it was a drier area. I don't know. Uh, they identified key, refer- key reference points from his life. They found pins that captured his support for Robinson, the sport's first African-American player. Um, well, MLB's first one. Uh, they've, they learned that Missioni attended a charity game in 1942 that saw Ruth come out of retirement and Homer off Walter Johnson. That's amazing. That's that's literally like history. That mm-hmm. wow. Forty two. He was way over the hill by then. Obviously, Ruth. Uh, they sifted through old newspaper clippings and noticed that one of them was autographed by Mel Ott, Hall of Famer. Uh, they uncovered a le- letter written to Joe DiMaggio. They found the original envelopes that contained the autographed cards that are now worth the fort. They found the envelopes, envelopes. that were sent. Yep. Holy shit! This is going to go for so much money. He, he did not collect this thinking someday it'd be worth a lot of money because it was these weren't worth money like they weren't 
Um, his intent clearly was to do this collection and retain it for the game baseball. He 100% knew that he had stuff nobody else has. And his legacy really is giving this stuff back to the game of baseball. There you have it. I mean, obviously some people are going to think who cares baseball cards, but just in terms of collective, almost everyone probably age of 35, 40 or older collected some sort of sports car in their yeah, life. If you, don't, if you don't like baseball cards, um, just think about this story as anything that would... I mean, it, it they... The story here is that something was collected and kept in this good a condition for this long. Yeah. You know, by someone who was basically doing it just to do it. For the for the love of it. Yeah, for not, the love of not it. Not thinking exactly. about nothing about like a Tim Atwood. Nothing about in the future that the statements might be worth all all six might be worth, you know, half a million dollars put together sure. in, in this market. I'm just gonna do it. Um so what where's this auction at again? Let's see. It's, it's gonna it started on Sunday and it's going for four weeks. Is there that much stuff? Well, they're just, uh, they're just uh, doing it solely. Um, Wheatland Auction Services doing three, oh, three different auctions. The first begin began on Sunday at seven. I'm going to put this up. I want to see what some of these have gone for yet. Here, let's see the uncle the Uncle Jimmy collection. That's how it's called. Oh, okay. So let's that's, see. That's the right name for it. So I guess number two starting. Okay, the second one they're doing it. Um, looks like once a month. They're really, wow! Is that is that a wow? He has tobacco cards too. Oh wow! Is that is that his lot, or they're just showing a bunch of stuff? Okay, so the bidding started. Oh, you get a month. It's going to be a month, and then I guess it might be live bidding at the end because right now you can bid on uh, on on stuff here. He's got a he's got a nineteen oh nine Ty Cobb card sitting there, Jesus. just sitting there, you know. Okay, some of these are beat up. Not all of these are in great condition. Um, but it, it, it won't matter for some of these. If you have an autographed Babe Ruth card, he's got he's got multiple ones. Some of these are the same card. Like, this is... This is nuts when you look at this stuff. He's got, he's got, a, he's got almost complete sets of cards for auction. 1948 Bowman base... The full set for 48 Bowman, which is like one of the earliest... Jesus. I think the post-war cards that they came out with, I believe. Um, and it's only missing six cards. Mostly moderate to high grade. The whole set. <laughs> Christ. A lot of 47, 1949 Bowman cards. So these got graded after his, after his kids got them, obviously. Right. He, he, didn't, he wasn't a guy that got this stuff graded at the time. Graded Joe DiMaggio rookie cards. Holy crap. All right, well, check it out. If you're a baseball, go to Wheatland Auctions. That <laughs> sounds like you just. That sounds like they're auctioning wheat. I don't know. <laughs> Nineteen twenty-eight, Babe Ruth exhibit card. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. There's pins. Frank used to have some pins, but they weren't that old. Here, um, sixty-three Mickey Mantle tops plaque premium. I didn't know they had plaques back then for sale. Okay. All right, I'm going to stop rambling. Check out Uncle Jimmy's set. I have an Uncle Jimmy, Ian. Hopefully this doesn't get back to him. Uncle Jimmy has... I had the list right over there on a little sticky of all the comic books he has oh, from the 60s. Oh, yeah, you've told me about Uncle Jimmy. We're talking years of runs of Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, like three years in a row. Yeah. My father, though, says he has a claim to some of those, especially the Fantastic Forces. Those are my comics, but my uncle is holding on to them. Really? And we're talking Fantastic Four from like number 42 to like 70. And they're all like very fine condition at least. Most uh, of them. Like, especially the important 
uh, trifecta 48, 49, 50, the Galactus Silver Surfer uh, trilogy issues. And the Amazing Spider-Mans uh, start from like 32 and go to like 58, 59. So that's like, that's the John Romita era that Junior that I'm like, ah, uh, excuse me, Senior, John Romita, my favorite Spider-Man artist. So we're talking the Green Goblin getting unmasked as Osborne. That's the first Romita one's 39 and 40. First Kingpin, Spider-Man No More issue number 50. These are some key issues. First, like, appearance of, of some of the minor villains, like like Shockers in there and things. And my uncle has them all. And I, I, di- I did put boards on them and, and polybagged them, like, 15, 20 years ago. You did? So I, <laughs> yes, because they weren't. They were just stacked up. Like, like they were, I was like, I got to protect them. So, Uncle Jimmy, if you're listening, my Uncle Jimmy, please let me take control of some of these at some point. And, and some <laughs> of them... Let de- me take control? And some of them deserve to be graded. Like, some of these comics, in, in that condition, thinking back some of those issues, are worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Because they are high grade. They're like sevens and eights, some of them. And some of these Silver Age key issues there. That's all. There's Avengers. There's not many X-Men. There's only a few X-Men. But Avengers, Fantastic Four, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, there's a few others. But they're mostly they're mostly Marvel ones there. It's like 120 comics, at least. At least. It's insane. There. Yeah. So they kept on. Or my, or my dad will steal them from you, the Fantastic Four ones. All right, moving on. All right. Uh, Ian, you want, you want to skip this uh, NWC one? Yeah, I don't want to talk about the NWC. I don't care. There's a million dollar NWC on, on on eBay. The only thing I'm going to say about it real quick is that it 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 says that there was a private sale that I was not aware of um, that, that a couple of years ago. Um, I believe it said it in there. The last copy sold privately for six figures in 2000. What does it say? Why is it being weird? I think it said like 2018. So. A gold sold privately. I was not aware. We do know that the $100,000 gray one sold. I was not aware one of these uh, sold in the past couple of years. Now I'm really curious if this was the guy that bought it to relist it. I'm guessing so. If he knows, because I didn't know about a, a gold one selling at all. So there you have it. It's up for a million dollars, the best offer. He's not going to get a million dollars, but if it goes on Heritage Auctions at some point, who the frick knows with this uh, in this day and age. All right, Ian, we have a scumbag. Seller. Of the week. Week. This Week. comes. This comes from uh, our buddies up north, Vancouver, British Columbia. Craigslist ad. Ian, we haven't done a Craigslist scumbag seller of the week in we a while. We have not. And um, got to be careful here. I probably don't want to do the. I'm not going to do the link. No, don't this, do the link because, because there's the, a the phone, phone number is right in there. But I guess if you really wanted to search, you could probably find it. Unfortunately, <laughs> but Ian, this isn't just someone trying to sell you just roms directly and send you a file here potentially do not call this person i feel like we need yes to do not that. call this do person do not call this person do not call them we should say that do not bother them or, or hassle them but do not harass pester molest just like the signs at the zoo but what they are selling is basically i guess a class program to help you set up your emulator and roms for you yes Invite me to set you up with the proper program, all the games and the original controllers. I'll teach you how to connect your desktop, computer, or laptop to the TV so you can relive the experience on the big screen, just like when it came out. How my services work. All you do is get in touch with me. From there, we discuss the details, and then typically the person will provide me an address for a house visit. Oh, my God. He makes house calls. 
Typically, the person will provide you with an address for a house visit and a Windows-based computer or laptop to get everything set up. Obviously, you have to have your own computer. The second method, if you are comfortable after our discussion, some folks prefer to come to me with their laptop or desktop computer at my home residence in order for me to configure the computer. I leave it up to the customer. For those paranoid ones, I have no issue issues providing my ID or deposit if I say you want to drop off and pick up. So many red flags. Eggs. And I'm not even saying this guy's a criminal. I'm not I'm not suggesting he is or insinuating. To n- never, never meet someone off Craigslist for any reason at their homes or have them come to yours. Like, like in most scenarios, you want to meet them in a public setting. If you're selling them a, a Chotsky or like maybe the last time I did a Craigslist deal was for you know, I feel NES like 50% games. of Starbucks business uh, is because of people meeting at Starbucks yes. to finalize a Craigslist deal. The last Craigslist dealings I did uh, were both in one was a, like a Jamba Juice, I believe, uh, a parking lot. And then I did one in a parking lot somewhere. And it was like uh, buying when I did that NES. Uh, I did an awesome deal in NES and most of my complete box game games. That was like 2009 after I moved here, 2010. Early Pat San Diego days. But please do not go to someone's private residence and stay there. Please do not do that. Um, in about an hour, I have everything configured for you, and you'll be ready to go. I may even stay for a bit while we test play the finished product. LOL. Oh, you might you might be uh, renting a friend as well for your 100 uh, This is $150, by the way. Did I mention that? I might hang out a lot longer than I should. I also sell NES controllers, originals, which will require you, you with the appropriate USB adapters. For a small additional charge, $15 per controller, which includes a USB adapter for a computer. I love the upsell, Ian, as they would sell, say on Shark Tech. I love that you're selling a service, and you can upsell more stuff once you're there. I do love that initiative. I have two controllers two adapters left in stock. Actually, $15 for an original NES controller and the adapter is not a terrible deal. If it's if an it, original NES controller. If you include both. Yes. Because yeah, uh, an NES USB adapter is probably like 5 6 bucks by itself, I believe. I haven't bought one in a, in a while. Um Let's see. B&H has them for $10 for the one when you get the two on there. My price includes customer support in the event that you might require it. Note, I have never had people call me after setting them up. It's very reliable. But I also, but I always let them know I'm here to support them in the product if they have questions or something outside of the norm occurs. Are USB adapters going out of stock or price rate because of the pandemic? They've gone up in price. Everything video game-wise has shot through the roof. It doesn't matter what I'm glad is. I bought my N64 uh, USB port adapter beforehand uh, for a certain N64 guidebook because the price almost doubled on them. And now they're hard to get. The one that, the one that you use real N64 controls on, you can't find them as easily. Uh, he'll also soon be supporting Super Nintendo and N64, so feel free to inquire. He's got to do his research first on those. Well, the N64 one might take you a bit. That's a little bit tougher, as we're discovering, to, to get up and running. That's not, not, that's not a fire-and-forget emulator system like the Super Nintendo and NES basically are. It's mostly fire-and-forget, but there's some, <sighs> some games you have to fiddle with uh, there. So here's a small list of the games included, and it runs down. Now, I would say this about this list. I would not have included every letter of the alphabet versus just including the popular ones. It's just a funny list because there's some games in here that most people, if you're a casual person that wants this, oh, I can play NES games, you're not going to care about playing Dragon Warrior 4, probably, or, or try to play uh, most likely Load Runner. You just want you want the hits. You want all the hits that you know about right in front of your face. But, but I, I do appreciate uh, the ones. He has Goonies 2 listed here. There you go, Ian. He's advertising that. Then there's a game called Tank that's listed, and I don't know what game that is uh, there. Iron Tank, I guess? There's, uh, a- there's, a, there's a game, I think, just called Tank. There's Tank 
Mm. Do I have to update the guidebook? No. I'm thinking of a Japanese game, not a U.S. game. Okay. Got, got, to, got to throw out all the, all the old guidebooks at the warehouse. I <laughs> got a game called Tank there. All right. Anything else to add here? No. Don't, don't, don't pay someone a seven emulator for you. I mean, we're talking about... We thought it was bad before with someone charging you 20 bucks to send you a, a freaking uh, dollar uh, memory card with everything on there. Don't, don't go to someone's house and pay them 150 dollars even if it's canadian don't don't, pay don't do it don't to don't to don't do it all right well well uh person from canada you are our scumbag cell of the week and please 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 don't go into someone's house all right ian we have a patreon mm-hmm. poll topic and a patron how do you access the, the see, you, see you podcast patreon i want to see you something else podcast it's patreon.com slash see you podcast and ian's got a writing that he's gonna do today right yes i'll hit you in the nipple with, with a dollar dart gun here we also have a, a, a weekly hangout which maybe you do this weekend um could work yeah i think that could work let me see and then we have our poll topic that you vote on each week in third place what were your favorite things about the start of the summer? And were you a beach kid? 9%? No one likes the, the beach stories? Or it's not summer yet? In second place, 20%. What were your favorite books and book series growing up recently? Thank God, 20%. And in first place, Ian, this could be a fun one or it could spin off the rails. If Pat and Ian decided to open a business together, what would it be? Well, I was initially thinking... You know, we talk about food a lot, so we could do a restaurant. But then I was wondering, what good would you be for? <laughs> what the hell does that mean? What the hell does that mean? It's a joke. <laughs> what are you? What would you? I don't see you as an advertising sort. I can manage the restaurant. What do you mean? There's lots of things to do in a restaurant. Talking about. It's a business. This is a business. The restaurant's a business. All right, so you can lots manage. Of ins, lots of ins, lots of outs. Lots of ins, lots of outs. You think I run a restaurant? I run think, a restaurant? I don't think anyone can run a restaurant. Well, half of them still fail, right? Is that the, yeah. the statistics? <laughs> I would never try to run a restaurant. I would just cook. Imagine you try to open one up and all this happens. Holy shit. Or any business. Oh, my God. It'd be miserable. Um, This is funny because I thought me and Ian come to blows on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Not on food, usually. No. We're usually... Our, our palates are almost like one. That sounds creepy. So I, I really think... It's creepy. Out, out of all the things Ian and I could run, I, I think we would kill each other running a game store. I think it'd be a successful game store. I, I think we would kill each other in terms of our, our work style running a game store. I also would never work in a game store. Like You never would work in one? Not at... I mean... I mean the, you've been doing it for like 13 years now. This is the only game store I'll work in. Oh, it's been 13 years? <laughs> Wow. Years. wow, Ian. Got that extra strategy work. No, I, w- I, would never, I would never open a game store, let me put it that way. Yes. Yeah. But then again, prices have gone up. You said the business is doing uh, well. Yeah, we're season. doing... I mean, we're fine in La Mesa. Like, in, in Chula Vista is doing catchy. better, too. But uh, La Mesa is doing crazy. It's been very busy since we reopened. Here's the thing. You open any brick and mortar, you're going to have crazy people, difficult customers. We talked about that last time. Whether, it was, whether it's a food store, probably even a bookstore with some crazy people... Video game store, especially in a restaurant, you're going to deal with you're going to deal with assholes, probably right. Ian, you probably have some stories. You probably give me a quick. Well, in a typical day, you used, you used to be a waiter. 
Mm-hmm. How many difficult customers in an eight-hour shift would you deal with? 50% of them would be difficult. 50%? 50% of them would be difficult. And we're talking either their attitude Well, let or... me put it this way. It absolutely depends on the restaurant. Okay. The place where I first started waiting tables was a... It was a, like, steakhouse-type place. It was known for its prime rib. What, they cut your table and cut it for you? No, it, oh. but, I mean, it was in the back. It was known for its prime rib. And um, it was once considered a fairly fancy restaurant. And it kind of went downhill at some point. But lots of people still thought of it as fancy. Why did it go on downhill? They bought cheaper food? Uh, the, the chef's... Like they Swapping couldn't, up. they couldn't keep a chef. They kept changing the menu, and it was just oh. this never-ending downhill you spiral. Can't keep changing the, the menu. menu. You they did that. They did that at a local restaurant here. Like every six months, the di- menu was entirely different, and the prices were jacked a little bit, and the best stuff was gone. I'm like, what are you doing? You cannot change. You can you can fine-tune a menu, but you cannot just go wipe it out and start all over. And- constantly wipe out and start over it completely changes your restaurant people go to restaurants not because of the scenery not because they i mean as much as you wish it was not because they love you and support you i mean they do after a while but because there's one specific thing that they love on that menu that they want to order or that's why they're going yeah and when you wipe that shit out it, it completely ruins it there's no reason to keep going back to the restaurant if the three things you always ordered are gone um, so what you got was a lot of people who would go to come to this. You got the you got the nouveau rich, uh, the, the the new rich. You got the people who Bourgeois, thought that yeah, the, the people who thought they were eating someplace fancy, but it was far past their prime. Rib, and uh, they were. The, it, it, it's hard to explain, but they were those sorts of people. The they, pe- they they didn't want to pay eighty bucks for like a, a fancy steak meal, but they'll pay like twenty. They wanted to pretend they were better yeah. than everyone else, but they wanted to do it cheaply. This wasn't steak and ale you're talking about, but one step above steak and ale. I mean, yes. it was steak and ale really, and I love steak and ale, which was still around. No, it was it was a, it was a step above a steak and ale. You know, I mean, Not that salad we, bar though, damn it. You know, there was tablecloths on the fucking tables and cloth napkins and shit like that. Like it was it was a nice. It, it, it tried to nice-ish. be nice, but. Sure. But it wasn't as nice as it wanted to be, and it certainly wasn't as nice as a lot of its clientele thought coming in, acting all hoity-toity. Waiters are wearing ties. Oh, fucking uh, bow ties. Bow t- uh, <laughs> I want to see you in a bow tie. Fucking love, love me a bow tie. Uh, acting all hoity-toity, but using their goddamn Valpak coupons oh, to, get their no! buy, to get their buy one, get one free oh, early bird pot roast. No, you can't do that and pretend to be a real restaurant. But then, but then asking for their half a craft of red wine and then insulting the red wine that came out of a gun. And it's like, bitch, you are eating fucking pot roast at 4.30 in the afternoon on a coupon. I don't want your high and mighty shit. The wine came out of a gun? Yeah. Like like, like a spritzer from the bar? Yeah, lots of bars have fucking house what? wine on the gun. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that before. Serve it in a half craft or a full craft. That sounds hey, awful. can I have a fucking Lambrusco? You can suck my ass. <laughs> Tales from the restaurant. We never <sighs> did that. Okay, back to us, Ian. Yeah. Let's talk about our restaurant. No Lambrusco. No, 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 no. If we did it in San Diego, we would definitely gear towards, I think, breakfast or or, rest, or a diner-ish a little bit. Uh, to me, I think we would do that. There's enough enough places that do, like, the beach eating stuff with, like, you know, burgers and fish tacos. I think we had to go breakfast. I would need go. a late-night breakfast place. That's what we don't have in San Diego. We have no late-night diners. No. None. What the fuck is that? Something outside is like chewing something up. Um, would you want to do? We can't. We can't do twenty four hours. That's too nuts to run. Like like, like, a, like a Greek New Jersey diner. That's a lot of effort. We get. We'll shut it down in like two maybe two 
2 a.m. Yeah, that's fine. Just you, you, you uh, last call here is one thirty. Yeah, you close down at you, two. You can order pancakes at one thirty. We'll get them in. Yeah, exactly. French toast. We'll do it. I feel like that's exactly the way to do it. And you still get some some because because it's not like well in, in Jersey you know you come out of a bar you know two in the morning you, you eat until like three thirty at a, at a diner you know all drunk ordering your, your short stack there. But would you want to go, Ian? We're on the same page. Would you want to go diner breakfast quality or go like Breakfast Republic? Go like a kind of step above diner breakfast quality. You want to go cheap? Yeah. You, you go- want you want like you want like your your, your seven dollar ultra meal where you get like your toast, two eggs, two pieces of sausage, two bacon, cheap and, and affordable and hash browns. Just cheap and affordable, but just you know, well done. You know, the eggs are cooked properly. The bacon is not overcooked. You want the customer to come in. By the time they sit down, they get they're eating in ten minutes. Yeah, they got a meal in front of them. There's always a a, 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 a trove of, of hash browns going. And I have one one big big must: um, the ice must be crushed ice, not cube ice. Well, the machines do that automatically, right? Yeah, but a lot of the diners in uh, Buffalo they use like the crushed like pebble ice instead of the the cubes. I like that. Well, that, that's ice. better to save because then you get less drink in the drink, uh, less 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 liquid fits in the drink. That's how they, that's how you get them. Yeah, it's delicious. Right? That's how you get them. You save probably. It's all condensed. <laughs> you save save it. That's Pat's, Pat's thinking about that already. So so would you want to offer? Well, first of all, what would you want to call it? Based on our names or no? Oh, I have no idea of a name. Uh, what would you, what would your position be, Ian? Would you want to do the day to day operations? What would you want to do here? Would you want to be short order cook? Short order cook. Sure. You want you want to cook at like ten well, hours a day? Yeah, I just want to cook. You want to cook uh, That's all I eggs? Want to do. I just want to cook eggs, bacon. I somehow knew you were going to say that. I yeah. actually like that. You want to get in there and you want to make people happy. Yeah, I just want to cook. That's you all. Want I... be the, you want to be the head chef. That's all I want. You're not going to. Really, I mean, sure. When you talk about a diner, everything's almost a short order. Yes, everything is a short order. Is that how you want to do it? Everything on the menu has got to be out to you in 15 minutes or less. I would say so. Do you want to do burgers or do, uh, like, do I would like simple I, tacos? So I would absolutely do, and this is very much a Buffalo thing, but it's very big in Buffalo diners that serve breakfast. Uh, absolutely, would be doing Texas hots. Talked about Texas hots on here before. Uh, if you need a, if you need an idea, a Texas hot is not really a chili dog. It's closer to a coney dog. Will that sell in San Diego at our business? It absolutely would. They're delicious, and uh, okay. especially late at night, they will they will because they're cheap. They're good for drunk people. It's a hot dog. With a meat sauce style on it, uh, a meat style sauce on it. Is that they're, too sloppy for drunks to eat? No, trust me. Buffalo, no, they're they're great. Louis is open twenty four hours a day, and they've made their entire career off of Texas hots to drunks. Is Louis the one that was on that Gorilla Monsoon and and um, Bobby the Brain went to in that, in that episode of Primetime Wrestling? No, I highly doubt it. They went to one with that just sold hot dogs. Louis sells and, and a it was, bit it, more it was than New York. Dogs. It had to be New York. Yeah, no. Look that up. We get a chance. Ian. Come on, we're focusing on our business here. Yeah. Um, we're we're gonna do. We're not gonna be. A, we're not gonna be a diner that offers. I, the ones in New Jersey that go overboard and have seafood. No. Steak. No. Italian. Mm-mm. No. No. Breakfast. Maybe burgers and sandwiches. That's it. Fries. Breakfast, fries, grilled sandwiches, your patty melt, your tuna melt, your ham and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. No tuna. That'll go bad. Tuna melts. Tuna melts. What about desserts, Ian? We got to talk desserts. We got to figure this out. Baklava. Baklava, you mean? Mm Mm-hmm. No one's going to eat that. What are you talking about? And I love it. No one's going to eat it. It's a fucking diner staple. Diners have have pies and cake. And baklava. Diners are owned by the Greeks, man. Some are. But not all, I don't remember one okay, having that. In, in Buffalo, like every diner was owned by the Greeks, and they all oh, had a big pan of baklava. Ian, I'm talking about milkshakes 
You gotta oh, have yeah. milkshakes. You gotta have milkshakes. Of you, course, you gotta have you gotta have your you gotta have your 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 cakes and pies. You know, under, under the glass, you need a glass you need, you need at least a chocolate cream pie, probably a banana cream, a lemon meringue. Not too much of the cream. I'm talking ch- chocolate cake. Cheesecake will sell well. Always sells well. Cheesecake sells well. Not how it, well it keeps. How fancy you want? You want to go on the French toast? This this can make or break it. You want regular French toast? You want to go a little maraschone? You want what do you want to do here? We're gonna go regular French toast, but we're gonna use fresh strawberries. We're not gonna use the fucking syrupy syrupy blueberry shit. Yeah. You want to you want to have you want to be like IHOP and have the three different of uh, three or four different flavors out ready to go or no? No, no, no. You don't need that. You don't need all that. Uh, one of my favorite stories about French toast and strawberries is uh... one of my favorite. Like you have more than one. Okay. <laughs> I have many stories about French toast and strawberries ready to go. One of my favorite stories involves French toast and strawberries. Uh, my friend Jay and I, we used to go to the uh, goth club in Buffalo every week, the Continental. Oh, I have to see goth Ian picture. For years. I never, I never like got done up. Um, for years. And we would go to the 24-hour diner, Panos. Uh, on Elmwood in Buffalo after like every night we'd go out and we'd go there and we'd eat breakfast at like three in the morning and the one time I ordered French toast with strawberries and they came and for whatever reason strawberries are like my favorite fruit but I just wasn't feeling um, I just wasn't feeling them I didn't eat them and the uh, cute waitress would not let me leave until I finished eating my strawberries she said I needed them for health for health Mm-hmm. Okay, so I needed them for my health. Uh, the place that Gorilla Monsoon Never forgot her. Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain went to. Um, they went to a place called R. D. Reynolds. Is that the place? No, that's not it. Damn it! I thought that's what it was. That's the name of the guy doing the article. Damn it! I thought I had it. Watch it anyway. Go on. Go primetime wrestling. Look for. Look for when they go. They go to a place that specializes in hot dogs, and you get your own fixins bar. Ooh! Like you get your own chili, hot sauce, sauerkraut, must like it's all there. The little a little cut up onions and mouth starting to salad. Like actual hot sauce, like not like hot sauce, but the the stuff they would make out of like the they cook down like the tomatoes and the peppers and stuff like. That. I mean, they were scooping it out. Like yeah, that was yeah, a, yeah. that was one of the jokes that he he made Bobby's hot dog. They abused Bobby too much in that show. I, I know it's a character, but it was too much Bobby. They physically abused him. Um, Roddy Piper beat him up one time for a Chris episode. I, I even felt bad for Bobby. Like, you go, Come on, Roddy. You're, you're beating up Bobby the Brain. He's not going to fight back. <laughs> but you know, he scooped up the hot sauce out of like, the ladle. Like, he was real hot sauce. I don't think I ever had a real hot sauce like that before. Uh, but anyway. Um, all right. Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's, let's set my retirement plan. You want to be a cook? Let's see if we order a little, get a little diner going. Yeah. We'll see if one closes down on, on Newport. We can take it over. They're, they're probably profitable, right? Old town, <sighs> old town diner. Old townhouse does fine. Old townhouse. There's a couple oh, yeah. others on there. Yeah, I don't think margaritas. The other ones do so well anymore. One really? Of them, one of them closed during the pandemic, unfortunately. But there was three of them. I think it was Village Kitchen closed. Village Kitchen closed. Yeah, I, I think... forget which one I liked better, that or the margaritas one. Margaritas, I believe, is still open. They closed down. They didn't. Get... God damn it. Yeah. Damn pandemic. Anyway, is that it? Are any, are any of the things we could possibly do together? Run a bowling alley? Ah, oh, no. Take over a bowling alley. Not, your heart's not into that. Mm-mm. That would seem like that'd be fun though. To run a bowling alley. It would. I mean, there's upkeep, obviously, with machines. But, I mean, once once you, you're going and it's popular, it's going to be a fun place to work. Actually, I would oh, yeah. say perhaps a barcade, to One, because I know mixed drinks. And, two, because I think you somewhat agree a bit more with my... Your barcade philosophy? What are you going to say? My, yeah, my philosophy on picking the games. Yeah, we're on the same page about what you need to play. 
You, you, you actually, it's funny that you want to, you want to not just be a co-owner. You actually want to work there and like see it operational and, and working with. I don't, people. I don't have a, 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 a future in my head where I'm not working. So I have to think about where I, well, want you're to working work. if you own a business, but I mean, you yes. want to be in the front line oh, no, serving I, drinks and I like doing food. You like working with for as, people. For as much as I complain about customer service, because I don't like customer service. I like working with people. Yes. I like cooking. I like that sort of stuff. I like, you would assert you would, I like, you would mixing, bartend. I like mixing drinks. You'd be yes. co-owner and bartend precisely. All right. Well, I'll that see, sort of stuff. I'll I see like, if, you know, maybe Bobby can give you, you know, 1% of the 1% yeah. of the barcade and you can work. <laughs> Get me in job. Bobby. I contend. Right. Well, that, that's a fun one. I think, I think Pat Ean's diner. I always want to do Frank's diner and just put his face as <laughs> we can call it Frank's diner. He can just be the mascot. He, he walks in once a week, says hi to people, and leaves, shakes the hands for, like the owners do. Like, you ever have an order come up to you in a mm-hmm. restaurant? Hey, how's everything going? My name is, my name's Freddie. I'm, I'm running. It's like, hey, you feel like, you know. Hey, Freddie. You feel better. When the last time that happened, I was weirded out. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember. Uh, you know, I have lots of stories with strawberries and, 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 and French, toast. French toast, but I also have lots of stories of, of owners coming up to me and saying hi <laughs> to me. All right. Well, thanks for that Patreon topic. Do you want to skip this last one again? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking dying. It's, yeah, we're going a while. All right, Ian. Well, uh, what's coming up for us? Anything coming up? Maybe a hangout? Maybe an NES Punk video? Yeah, I think I'll uh, I'll check my schedule. I've got that hangout this weekend at some point. And then uh, I'm going to go home and order food and do a writing before I collapse. What are you going to order? I think I'm going to do plant power again. You've been, you've been doing that? Fuck, there's, it's so good. Is it, is it the one that's catty corner to the co-op? Yeah, it's okay. really, really tasty. Um, their french fries are out of control good. Remember, vegan doesn't necessarily mean healthy. It just means it's... No, it's... it's <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, you gotta remember this that when you eat vegan. This isn't healthy. It's, it's just delicious. It's, it's not necessarily healthy. No, it's just, just very tasty. The guy that did the Super Size Me documentary, I think Yoshi told me, did a whole documentary about the whole organic and natural food movement and how so much BS is in it in terms of, like, you qualify to be natural food by doing something here or there but well morgan spurlock is a piece of work is he himself what's that i'm just talking about the documentaries yeah i mean he is himself and 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 supersized me was a fucking sham oh was it yes oh okay he wasn't really eating food every day no it's 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 you read about it but supersize me is is i mean there's basically nothing to be taken from it anymore once you find okay. out the background to it and and i but it it, it so is i don't like morgan spurlock at all however um that is very true the organic food shit it's a uh, fucking it's a racket it's a racket right i purpose i like and, and there's going to be some people who are like really when i'm shopping i go out of my way to buy things that are not labeled organic because it pisses me off so much. Well, there's a difference between something that's like grown organically versus though something that's qualified as a health food. I think that's what this documentary looked at. Like, sure. Like, like for, for something to be called, for example, like it was fresh ingredients or whatever, was like you could have like a fried chicken patty, but if you put like fresh vegetables on top of it or something legally, it means it was fresh. You know, like there's a lot of scammy terms yeah. like that that... There, I mean, the health food market has probably has probably gone up exponentially the past 10 years. It used to be nothing, and now it's like everything, right? It's just, it's so frustrating because the difference, like, GMOs aren't going to fucking kill you. Problematically, GMOs are owned by corporations. That's bad. GMOs themselves are not bad. It, it's more, we, we can grow more food than we ever could before. We could solve fucking hunger. Yes. But... But there's 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 two problems. There's people who are in the way who think it's going to fucking mutate you and they call it Frankenfood. And then there's the corporations who own the fucking, 
copyrights on the on the all uh, on different strains and all the different strains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GMO. It's it's good to make pesticide and and you know bug resistant crops. That's good. We don't want plagues to wipe out our food supplies anymore. Like that's good. And there's people that think it's going to mutate you once you eat it. But those are the same people that probably think that like microwaving food gives you cancer. I some say, people who think uh, vaccines are bad. It's not all. There's some crossover probably there. But uh, whenever, whenever I said to people, it's like you think if this stuff was ho- horrible by now, everyone would be dropping dead of like cell phones giving us all brain cancer. We'd be all dropping dead by now. Mm-hmm. Like like microwaves have been out been around since what like the late 70s, early 80s. Like we'd all be dead. Yeah. Like the stuff's okay. <laughs> like it's it's all right. I understand you can think some businesses are unethical, but I don't think a company would want to sell you crops with GMOs that would, would give you cancer. I think it would be horrible for business after, after a while to do those things. Yeah, it might not be a great um, idea. And, and yes, there are companies that to- you know dump toxic waste into fucking you know rivers and give people cancer and stuff. We get that. It's, it's a lot harder to get away with that shit in 2020 uh, with, with social media and everyone having cell phones, things like that. Anyway, all right, that's Ian. Yeah, that's me. I'm GMO Pat. Patrick. Strawberries and French toast, everyone. Goodbye.